0: Hello and welcome to episode 1029 of The Sleeper and the Bust. It is Sunday, March 20th. I'm your host, Paul Spore, joined this morning by Justin Mason. Justin, I'm on a Sunday episode. How's it going?
1: I know, this is weird, right? No, yeah. Jason, he couldn't record, but uh, you and I are both going to Vegas on... Uh, I'm going on Wednesday, you're going on Thursday. And so uh, it seems unlikely we are going to be recording anything while we're in Vegas, especially because my wife's coming with me. So Yeah. Um, I fi- Or you figured... Or, uh, we figured um that we should get together sooner and since i wasn't recording with jason today uh figured this is the time so let's knock out the outfield and uh and uh keep these team or uh, position previews going exactly and i'll do a reliever one by myself and then tuesday we will
0: talk about starters that way you guys have all the position reviews Before we go into the biggest weekend, I know some of y'all might have already drafted, but next weekend is really the big weekend. The weekend after that, those are going to be the two big ones for most folks. We're not going to get into Correa and Story right now. We'll talk about them on Tuesday to lead off. I know the starting pitcher one will be a lot too, but outfield, we got so much to discuss. I want to dive right in. And the way we're going to do this to avoid spending too much time on kind of the guys that we know are studs is I got some questions for you about them. Uh, up at the top, kind of get your answer, and we move forward. And then when we get into the middle tiers, we'll go over our, uh, you know, our groupings where we talk about a ton of players. So let's just start at the very top. No longer Fernando Tatis. Obviously, he's gotten hurt, and so now he's he's much further down. Uh, Juan Soto is is the top of the heap when it comes to outfield. What's the earliest that you'll take Juan Soto in a draft right now?
1: Um, five or six. Okay, so, so right around right around that ADP. Yeah, Shelley and I have the fifth pick in the tag team, um, and I think we have him as our like our fifth option. So, okay. uh, yeah, I think five or six makes sense. It kind of depends on whether or not I want to push Corbin Burns up that high if, mm-hmm. if Cole goes. So, um, but yeah, five or six. I, I mean, I think he's a stud. I love the fact that the Nationals have actually even improved that lineup because I did not think they were going to. Uh, yeah. It's a great park, you know. He steals, you know, a handful of bases, so just an absolute stud I don't think you can go wrong with Juan Soto
0: yeah I agree you know he has a peak of two in it, it's it's a small sample of, of draft champions drafts that I'm looking at here I'm looking at a tight window from the 11th to the 20th actually um eight drafts peak of two average draft of five for Soto I think that makes some sense when does Ronald Acuna debut I think there was a lot of excitement about. We're seeing some videos. If there's any missed time, it's just going to be lopped off of uh, time that he was going to miss anyway. So the excitement was really starting to push. In fact, in this little eight draft sample that we're looking at, Acuna has a a min pick of two, but a max of 20. When does he debut this year and where would you take him?
1: Um, I'm going to say he debuts mid-May. Okay. Um, And... So I'm you're not probably going. not taking him. I'm not taking him. Um, or, even or you're if not he, getting him, I should say. There is yeah, a price, but you wouldn't, you won't get it. Even if he was debuting sometime in April, I'm likely not going to get him. Um, I don't blame you. I just, I worry one that there's there always can be setbacks with these kind of injuries, mm-hmm. um, and I wonder how much they're going to let him steal.
0: And that's uh, the biggest question, right?
1: Yeah, I mean they don't want him to play the outfield um do they really want Ozuna to play the outfield so he can DH I
0: don't think I mean I don't that know that that's wild. gonna end
1: well yeah so yeah. I think they're gonna and I mean you know they've got him signed to a really long-term deal there's no mm-hmm. reason for them to push it just make sure he's healthy for the long so that this doesn't turn into a oh my god what if we hadn't pushed him kind of situation uh, they just won a World Series, you know. Um, yes, it's a very competitive division, but they sh- as long as they can just tread water until uh, Acuna gets back, I think they'll be fine.
0: Yeah, I think that's the that's the right way, and that's that, that's the way to play it too. I'm not getting Acuna anywhere because so much hinges on that on the ability to run, and if he's not, if we don't know how he's going to be running. That's the scary part. Mm-hmm. Uh, Kyle Tucker versus Luis Robert. It is Robert. Thought it was Robert. I thought we went back. He said that you know that that's my pronunciation pronunciation guide for the White Sox just came out. Was posted on Twitter. We're doing Robert. So I'm tr- I'm trying to get it right. I think it changes every six months. <laughs> We're doing Robert again. I can do Robert. I can do Robert. You know, it, I wish I, I wish I could hear from Luis though. I just want to know what he wants. You suggested that maybe it's a frustration thing where he's like not enough people
1: do the robert I, so he, not even like the frustration thing no, i think yeah, it's just kind of like it's, it's like whatever. he's probably too nice of a person to yeah. like just, just correct like, whichever people. you want it so just he just goes with whatever because he's probably i mean um you know anybody who has like an interesting last name or uh you know they, they just often like they just go yeah that's good
0: yeah like, that's okay
1: I, don't worry about fine. it some um, people are more so. particular
0: others are not it's fine but Got power, speed guys here with Kyle Tucker and Luis Robert. Who you go for? They go right by each other. Who is your pick between them, Tucker versus Robert?
1: Tucker, um, and it's because Tucker, I think, just has a little bit safer of a profile. Okay. Um, and while I think Robert has uh, just as high, if not higher, ceiling overall, I just I, I feel like it's just not quite as safe. And there's injury concerns. I mean, Robert's been hurt, you know, uh, in, you know, in a way that tucker hasn't so uh I, I lean tucker um i'm probably not going to get robert this year i just i don't think he's going to fall to a spot where i feel comfortable
0: i think that's that's where i come out on on both of those to be honest um with tucker there's been some pushback or at least some questions raised about his steals like adding to them right you know he has he had 14 in 567 played appearances last year in a breakout Are you worried that those are going to be stifled? Are you thinking 14 more this year? Are you thinking beyond that? Tucker steals. What what do you think about that?
1: Um, No, I think 14 is probably 14, 15 is probably about right. I mean, yes. Could he get to 20 or 25? Absolutely. I do think he has that ability, but the Astros aren't a team that necessarily push it on the base paths. Um, Mm -hmm. I mean, I think the growth comes in power. I think he's a legit 40 home run bat. Um, And so, like, I mean, I don't know. That you people can be taking uh Bryce Harper as early as taking Bryce Harper and not consider Tucker, um, yeah.
0: Actually, Harper was the only one who didn't make the list in one of the questions because he just kind of is who he is. But you prefer Tucker to Harper,
1: uh, no, no, I prefer Harper to Tucker, but oh, that's okay. because Harper's already doing what I want Tucker to do. Gotcha, um, gotcha. You, so, you're hoping but, that he can follow the the Harper, yeah. Victory, I, I, perhaps. I think Tucker can be Harper, gotcha. um, so. Yeah, I, I think it would be kind of foolhardy to um, to project like a bunch of stolen bases. You If you get them, great. That's extra gravy on top, right? But yep. I, I think I think you project 15 and anything you get on top of that is fantastic. I, I think that's, again,
0: we're, we're in lockstep here because I'm totally in agreement there uh, on the Tucker piece. And so that's why I haven't really felt like there's a legit pushback because I think 15 is fine. Yeah, uh, for, for for Tucker. All right. Another uh versus battle here. The veterans that have been the best of the best, but now they have a they have a question. So they go late first, early second. Mookie Betts versus Mike Trout. Who you got?
1: Uh I got Mookie Betts. Um, he's in a fantastic lineup. Uh he that just keeps getting better. Yeah, that I mean this like it's not hyperbolic. <laughs> um this may be the best lineup I've ever seen. Like yeah. at least in my lifetime. In our life. And I know times, like, yeah. uh, I mean, and I think you can argue it is the best lineup ever when you've got Cody Bellinger who won an MVP to be hitting at the bottom of this lineup. Like that's yeah. insane. Might be like seven, eight. Yeah. And it, and it uh, makes sense. Yeah, absolutely. Like it's, uh, you know, a top prospect like Gavin Lux doesn't have a playing time in this lineup. So, uh, yeah, I mean, I think it's Mookie bats. Um, I think the concerns about his injury last year, uh, Going over is probably a little bit overplayed. He's probably a first rounder, to be honest. I think Um, so. so Anytime I can get him in the second, I'm going to be stoked.
0: Yeah, I I love Mookie 23 and 10 in just 122 games last year. There's so much to like. I do like Trout. Uh, I'm open to taking Trout. I will also say I'm not projecting a big stolen base return, but don't sleep on that potential either. And I think there's more SB potential in trout than he's being given credit for. It all mm-hmm. depends how healthy he is, right? If he's trending, you know, feeling like uh, damn near a hundred percent, I think he's going to run. If he's kind of nursing anything, I think the the running can can be tamped down again as it's been the last few years. So it's just one of those things where it doesn't really move where I'm taking him, but I just, I, I think I operate with trout where I'm like, I could get more steals here than people are thinking. I don't think it necessarily has to be single digits.
1: Um, yeah, I don't either. Uh I think the question just comes down how many games you think he plays because yeah. if if we can project 150 games um or I mean even 140 games like he's a first round pick. That's what I'm saying. So like as much as I've been kind of fading him and I don't know that I've gotten him anywhere um I think he's super underrated and undervalued right now. I
0: I haven't gotten Trout anywhere either but it's cuz I always take bets. And yeah. I I don't necessarily i take, want bets, to start. I take mullins outfielder, outfielder. yeah um so that's why i don't have like a bets trout at the end of a first round type of deal that's kind of hot but there's so many mid-round outfielders of whom we're going to talk about today that i just like more and i don't want to get two outfielders bing bang right there so that's why i don't have much trout but uh it, it's bets you mentioned said breakout follow-up i know who you prefer Tyler yeah. neal versus cedric mullins um so you prefer said Mm-hmm. What, what what's what's the follow-up here and then i, I want to get some numbers on uh tyler o'neill too but what do you think the breakout follow-up after the 30 30 season is for cedric Mullins?
1: um probably like 20 25 20, 30, something like that um okay. you know the I th- and i think the runs and rbis will be better than they were because i think that lineup is getting better in mm-hmm. uh in Baltimore. So, uh, you know, the question is, what does the average drop to? I think it does regress a little bit. Uh, maybe it's like 270 uh, this year. But, I mean, I've been getting him in the late second all the way through the late third. Uh, I would be stoked to just land. I mean, I got him, you know, th- the 12th pick of the third round at Barf. Like, it just, you know. Wow. It's just too good of a value. Left, I went for a ton you. in tout yesterday unreal how much he went for i mean he's not an obp guy I'm talking like a 330 obp yeah you know uh maybe 340 best he went for 33 dollars so you were out on that one yeah i i i had him as like a 21 one dollar player
0: 33 that speed it's definitely yeah, that speed it so is tyler o'neill i i've you know been vocal not uh a super fan because of the plate skills But, you know, obviously when he makes contact, he absolutely decimates the ball. He's got speed to burn as well. Now, he kind of strikes me more in the Tucker realm where I'm not going to add speed to a projection that had or to a season that had 15. He kind of lives in that uh, teens area with his projections. But he he might also have more power, which is what you said about Tucker. But again, 31% strikeout, 7% walk for Tyler O'Neal. What does his follow up to the breakout look like?
1: I think it's pretty similar, honestly. Um, I kind of want to get him in a league because I I have not gotten him yet. Uh, usually, because I have one or two outfielders by the time we get to Tyler O'Neill, and the then part, right? it's a hard hard part about getting him. But, um, like I think thirty home runs is definitely going to happen for him, or or should happen for him. I think double digits home bases, so like a 30-10 season. The problem is the batting average is definitely going to regress. He just strikes out too much, and I, I know the quality of contact is amazing, but. Yeah. I just worry he's going to hit 240, which is fine when you get in 30-10. But, mm-hmm. you know, do you want a guy to start off your draft with a 240 batting average? Like That's the tough part. And, and it hard.
0: could go really down there for Tyler O'Neal. You know, he's always mostly maintained high BABIPs. Um, he only had small samples before this, 142, 151, 157 with his plate appearances. But you could see the, the him run the gamut with the BABIP, 364, 386, 189. Like that. That's the worst it can get. 366 in the breakout year because of that quality of contact and speed combo, but it puts a big burden on Tyler O'Neal's Babbitt, and that's my concern there, and that's why I played a little bit safer with him and, and kind of push him down. Um, is Buck Showalter an impediment to Starling Marte's stolen bases, or is it more they didn't really have anybody to run and that's why they that's why Buck Showalter teams didn't run? Where do you come out with that as it relates to Starling Marte?
1: I'm, I don't know, and that's why I'm avoiding it. I uh, like I I love Starling Marte. I've been a big Starling Marte for a long a guy for a long time, but I think the un uh the the uncertainty around it is the reason why I had just been fading him at his really expensive price. And I think we also forget this is a guy who gets hit by a lot of pitches and gets injured yeah. uh by design, quite a bit. Seems, yeah. yeah. So um I am I'm just fading the price. I love Starling Marte. I mean, I think this is similar to you for Tyler O'Neill. Yep. You were a big Tyler O'Neill guy last year, and now you're fading him because of the price. Uh, I I have always loved Starling Marte, and I am probably I'm just going to fade the price.
0: That, that's a great way to put it. And I I feel similarly about Marte, where I'm just I don't know but it's not worth the risk because I need those steals at that premium price. So I'm going to play it safe. I will not rule out that Buck Showalter just hasn't had Marte guys so that he does let him run. But what if they just say, Hey, we don't need you to go for 47 steals because we feel like we're going to hit the shit out of the ball, chill out and steal 22. And then I'm like, "Ugh, that doesn't feel good.
1: Well, especially uh, considering like he's already dealt with an injury this spring. Like, you know, I mean, injuries do you are want a big part of
0: Marte's yeah. factor? Do you, well.
1: want, do you want your guy that you just gave a big contract to to, you know, yeah. be running exactly. on the base pass? <sighs> exactly.
0: Whit Merrifield is the king compiler right now. Uh, he's missed literally four games since 2018, and they were all in 2018. He's played every game since 2019. So we love that aspect of it, and he did get to 40 steals last year. Um, I'm not even going to really ask you about his skills because I, I, I think he's still going to be quite good. Is he best deployed as a second baseman or an outfielder though? And obviously you can move him as your draft kind of evolves after you take him, but where do you see him fitting best between second and outfield for Merrifield?
1: Um, I think he's probably best used as an outfielder just because uh, outfield is not as deep as I think people make it out to be like, it, it right? never is. It, I mean, it is deep, but there are massive drop-offs and like, we've only been talking about like the top 10 guys right now. And how many red flags have we talked about? Exactly. Like, I- so, I, I mean, like, it's uh, – and he's one of the few guys without red flags. Uh, I think Whit Merrifield is – I don't know why he's being disrespected this year. Everybody's Page, like, oh, I this think... is this is the year he drops off. Like, what makes us think he's going to drop off? And at worst, like, he's still just going to be a fantastic accumulator. Like, the floor is just so high on Whit Merrifield. Just love him. Yeah, I, I, I've uh, seen what
0: you're talking about with with some of the pushback on him, and I'm just like – I don't know. He kind of is. I know, you know, the WRC plus went down to 91 last year. You're not really getting him to do that. You're getting him for some batting average and speed compi- and compiling everything there. Double digit homers. So he's not a total. WRC zero there.
1: plus does not weigh in stolen bases. Like, exactly. The... So it's
0: like that's one component. But mm-hmm. He still stole 40. He went 40 for 44 as well. He's very sharp on the bases. So I still like Merrifield. I can definitely take him. Um, Jordan Alvarez is rightly regarded as, as a premium stud, but we're not that far removed from like, what was it like double knee surgery or whatever, when he was like just missing all that time. And we're Mm -hmm. talking about altering the path of his career. Do you have any concern for the knee injuries of the past or are you treating him as, as just an unquestioned stud, um, at the ADP?
1: I mean, it's definitely in the back of my mind. He did play a lot of games, played a lot of games in the outfield last year. Okay, got so, outfield
0: eligibility, which is great. Um,
1: yeah. And so, like, I've I've taken him uh, this year, um, which is something I wasn't willing to do last year, coming off of those knee issues. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it is in the back of my mind, because I'm someone who lives and has lived with a very similar type of condition in my knees for my entire life. I've had knee issues like this. Um, and they do not get better. And he is a big guy, and so yeah, that's the thing. Carries a lot of weight on top. I, he Not is fat or is, anything, but just no just built like. But a... like, I mean, until my old age, I I wasn't fat either. I was just a big guy, right? Exactly. But you're carrying a lot of weight on those knees. Um, so I think long term, I'm very worried about him. Like, if I've got him in a dynasty league, um, I might try to see what I could get in terms of like equal to equal value, right? Could yeah. you? Could you trade him for a third, you know, a Raphael Devers or someone like that? You could um, probably get a mint, and it, you'd have to find somebody that
0: would have like a third base log jam there to mm-hmm. make that deal work. But something someone's like got that, like Bobby
1: Witt coming up, or yeah, some, where like you someone still like that, can so. get
0: a premium player, but maybe you jump out while while the getting's good. He strikes me as somebody Alvarez who's going to be good whenever he plays, but I do wonder if some of the time might just kind of be in and out over these next Mm -hmm. several years here, and including starting this year. So it is something that kind of is in my mind. He goes around pick 28. um, So you're paying a premium for him because he is a stud. But I just wanted to bring up, we're not that far removed. So if he gets hurt this year, don't be like, oh, where did
1: that come from? Mm -hmm. He also doesn't steal bases at all. So like, you know, I mean, he's just a hard guy for me to take in that second round. If when he falls to the third and I've seen him fall to the fourth in leagues, um, Like he's Hopefully he's, he's just a monster I'll, I'll take that all day long But yeah. uh, it's unlikely I end up with him If he's going in the second Like, And he's one of those guys that's going to fall In some of these late drafts Starting pitching gets pushed up and We're going to talk about a number up. of them Starting pitching goes up Relievers is still high Speed goes up And guys like him, Eloy, JD Martinez Are going to fall Yep, and that, that could create the right pocket of value there For me mm-hmm. to get some Jordan
0: Alvarez does Tasker Hernandez's three hundred and sixty-seven point OPS split give you any pause? He had an eleven fifty-one against uh, against lefties, so it was the, it was the short side that he was busting up, and thus a seven eighty-four against righties. Any pause there for Tasker, or have you been drafting him full force this year?
1: I don't even think I've gotten him this year, which is funny because I was the Teoscar Oscar guy at one point. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. He's his profile is always gonna make me uh a little bit scared. Um, and doesn't mean I won't draft him. I've got him really high in my ranks. I'm happy, you know. I've almost landed on him a few times, but he always just kind of gets sniped right before me in the third round. But there's always gonna be something that's a little scary. I mean, some kind of like Tim Anderson in a way, where it's like. You know, finally after like five or six years of doing this, we finally went. Well, I guess just this is who Tim Anderson is. I guess he's just awesome. He just does what he does, but it also, you know, makes me feel a little bit like Javi Baez, where like we said we said when we finally said that about Javi Baez, Javi Baez finally had that year that just completely cratered. So um, yeah, I'm uh I'm I'm a little worried about that. Yeah, we have breaking uh, news or something? Uh, No, what I what I
0: messaged you. No, it's just that we're going to be facing on the corner in the uh, bracket.
1: We're facing Nick
0: and Alex again. I know. Oh no! I know. Nick just tweeted out vote for Spore.
1: He's what what a good guy. Every year we face them, but somehow we face them a round earlier. Yeah. How do they keep getting a lower seed? They've won this twice. They should be. They're the most disrespected
0: seed. Whenever, whenever there was selection Sunday, everyone's like,
1: Yeah, on the corner of
0: four. Yeah, he's a, a four seed strength of schedule. Must be Frank. Yeah, apparently.
1: Yeah, because they don't ever, ever have guests on. They're just their <laughs> strength of schedule just drops. It just right? drops. Mm-hmm. So, um, uh,
0: so yeah, so a little bit of concern with the Oscar Hernandez there. Um, I was wrong on him. I thought on the 2020 breakout, I was like, There's no real skill change here. Let's be careful. Well, he changed the skills last year. He tightened up the strikeouts and uh, absolutely decimated the hell out of lefties. I did look at it. I don't have the direct numbers, but based on uh, how well he performed on the stretch, he did not put up a ton of great numbers uh, in the smaller parks, by the way. In case anybody's wondering about that with Teoscar, because he was amazing down the stretch. Uh, his best month was actually September. So they, you know, and they were playing uh, back in Toronto regularly. He had a 9.99 OPS that month with 10 homers. So he wasn't like a uh, small park guy, but I do worry that with so much of the goodness coming off of lefties, be careful there with Teoscar Hernandez. Will Randy Rosarena build on his 2020 season? I've seen a lot of pushback on him in the community of like, they don't like the batted ball. And they, I, I, I'm you know, it's only it's only twenty twenty. That's the part I don't. Really yeah, like. oh, that's do. twenty twenty is amazing. But that, right? that, that that that's how it goes. It says he has bad 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 ball profile, and it's only twenty twenty. Those are the pushbacks I've heard on a Rosa Reyna. Do you agree? Like, I, I, are you? I, it doesn't sound like you do. But do you think he can build on the twenty twenty, or do you think he's 2020 bland twenty twenty and 140 dirty
1: games? Yeah. Um, uh, no, I mean this is this is ridiculous. This is this is. This is what people do at the top of uh, loaded positions because they're just looking for reasons not to take people, which is fine. But I, yeah, I understand you're, you're trying to pare down the pool, but I don't um, know, man. 2020, 94 runs, um, you know, two seventy four batting average. I mean, he five tool pl- or five category player um, that is only going to get better. I think I still think he has an elite ability to recognize pitches out of a pitcher's hand. Um, I think there's a monster season at some point coming for Rose Arena, like akin to what we saw in that playoff run uh, So in 2020. So um, is it this year? I don't, I don't know. I haven't gotten a lot of them this year because, yeah. again, I've gotten other outfielders earlier and hadn't wanted to like get my third outfielder in the fifth round. But uh, he's a guy I love, uh, and I will continue to love because I believe in the talent in that bat.
0: Yeah, I believe in the talent too. And it's like the X stats, like I can get it, but – You know, how predictive are those Uh, he smacks the piss out of the ball. He's got a ton of speed. I mean, he's just a great athlete. I'm going to believe in Randy Rosarena and I, I think uh, diminishing it as like only a 2020 season is unfair. Uh, Pick one between Eloy Jimenez and Nick Cassianos. uh, Nick Cassianos is now landed in Philly. So we know he's going to be part of a stacked lineup in a great park, similar to Jimenez. So they're kind of, you know, they go back to back in the outfield rankings. Do you have a strong preference?
1: Uh, yeah, I mean, I have a strong preference on Castellanos. Okay. Um, I just – he, he just has the longer track record, and he's been healthy. Uh, so that, health is probably a big piece for you. Yeah. Um, I know a lot of people are like, oh, look at his road numbers, you know, when he leaves Great America Ballpark. Like, that'll even out. And Philadelphia is an amazing great ballpark. Park, yeah. So, so I'm, not, I, I'm not worried about it
0: because he's going to another great park.
1: Yeah, so I'm I'm not worried about – him at all i actually moved him up another spot once the signing happened so uh cassiano one of my more rostered guys i'm going to continue rostering him
0: excellent pick one of these guys veteran uh obviously now with his new great spot for chris bryant this this brings him into george springer's level in my opinion so do you like george springer or chris bryant their adps are about two rounds apart right now it's not going to last i think chris bryant will probably inches way up toward George Springer by draft uh, by uh, uh, main event time. And, and by the time people are drafting next weekend and the weekend after, that's why I paired these two. Normally you just say, give me the discount on Bryant, but with him in Colorado, I think he's going to be around the sixties somewhere mm-hmm. in the pick with Springer. So
1: who do you prefer between those two veteran uh, beasts? I prefer Springer, but I question that. Um, and I mean, you know, we talked about Brian already uh, last episode after he signed, and I moved him up quite a bit, and I wonder if I need to move him up even more in the outfield because um, I currently have him twenty four. Part of me thinks Bryant's the better play because of the injuries to Springer. Um, Talk about you know, Bryant's his injury um, history and
0: concerns, and I don't hear it brought up as much on Springer. It kind of he kind of gets a and, and pass he like he's ready. to go. Yes,
1: he had him last season, last like year. yesterday. Yeah. Like I mean, it just happened so. Um, I either need to drop Springer, or I need to raise Bryant, and I probably need to do both. Okay, um, which also means I need to raise Kyle Schwarber, who I absolutely love. Um, so, hard not? Uh, yeah, uh, that was one of my favorite buys. It's out yesterday, but uh,
0: such a good landing spot.
1: Yeah. So, um, yeah. No, uh, I I think it's kind of pick them for me. It depends on okay. where my team's at. And um, if the third base eligibility maybe fits better for you at, at a moment, mm-hmm. I, you might go to third base eligibility too, which is great because that position third is not great. Sucks, so, dude. um, yeah, I hate Chris Bryant. I don't like Chris Bryant, but I, <laughs> I but now he's I a Colorado man. It's like
0: I can't, it's I
1: can't deny the position he's in right now. Um, yep. so, uh, and as much as I love Springer, right? I, I drink uh, George Springer's bathwater, but yes, um, the injuries are, are scary, and I, I, you know, I'm trying to be as risk averse as possible. I, I hear you. Um, they are an interesting battle there. I will probably take Bryant well, more speaking often. Speaking of injury risk in me, Michael yes. Seth Salfino, I'm an amazing journalist, great sports writer, listens to the podcast mm-hmm. and is trolling me nonstop every time. <laughs> He, he's like, oh, Justin Justin Mason doesn't draft injury guys anymore. And as I soon as it. he drafts a guy, they get injured. Carter Keyboom.
0: That's your boy, dude. I know. Town us, dude. This is gonna be a, a big...
1: thing with me, me and Salfino. Um, this was a big year for him too. Keyboom kind of this was broken the out ring. with a full in... Yep. This Thank could you. be the no, it's not the yet. Yeah, he's still too young, but no, no, no.
0: But but it's 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 a hit. It's definitely a hit. But yeah, Michael Salfino listens and I appreciate uh, you know, mm-hmm. I'm I'm open to being trolled too, but feel free to troll Justin as much as you want, but you can include me. We're gonna join, we're gonna enter a power phase here. These next three battles are all power based. First off, JD versus the bounce backs, JD Martinez, Christian Yelich, Cody Bellinger, they're all like 99, 100 101 right there. I know that Yelich and Bellinger can bring a speed component. That would probably make them better than JD, but JD's not coming off a stinker year either. So I think I know team context would play a role. Let's just say you're kind of balanced. You don't have a desperate speed need. Looking at JD versus the two comebacks there in Yelich and Bellinger, who do you lean to the most?
1: Martinez, and is not particularly close. Okay, Um, I have JD Martinez as my sixteenth outfielder. I respect. I have I'm Christian Yelich as my thirtieth.
0: Um, yes, and... I'm with you, and the, and we are in lockstep there that we don't even have these two close. The market yeah. does, and that's why. and yeah. I did. And the, I, did the I have Bellinger,
1: forty first. Okay, yeah. So you are. Uh-huh. You're JDL. I did drop Yelich yesterday, but okay. that's because the on base percentage. I needed his on base yes. percentage. Yes.
0: Uh, but so, Bellinger is one of the biggest ones you're down on then because to have him down at 41 with a 99 ADP, yeah. 41st outfielder with a 99 overall ADP, you're saying fat pass on Bellinger. Now, you mentioned this earlier in passing. With him moving down the lineup, like that speaks to their lineup depth and amazingness. It also kind of hits him though, right? Because the lower you are in the lineup, that's that's a big deal.
1: He's going to lose like 100 plate appearances just on lineup spot. Um you know, I mean, uh, I think Dave McDonald tweeted out like a graph of like what on average you get from each uh, or not graph, uh, but uh, a table card on, yeah. uh, on what, you know, how many plate appearances per lineup spot you get. And like you drops off huge between each yeah. one. Like this is not going to be a little thing right now. Ross resource has him batting eighth. Yeah. And um, like he could get back to like that four
0: spot. If he's going back to Cody, month, he's hurt. hurt, Yes, but that's probably the cap. I mean, unless something happened with injury with Betts, Turner and Freeman, I don't know how Bellinger would break into the top three, even if he gets back on track, because I don't think he's getting all the way back to MVP level. So I think even a Bellinger rebound is more of like all-star Bellinger, not MVP Bellinger. So yeah, I think he would max out. Now, if he's batting four, that's fine but five six seven
1: well there's also a legitimate shot that he's a platoon bat like this lineup is so good that they were not going to let him hit his body weight like that's or less than his body weight like yeah um yeah and i mean there's nothing in the profile that says he's going to bounce back everybody who is betting on cody bellinger is just betting on the name and the past performance which is fine you can do it because you're not having to pay you know a second round pick like we were paying last year or third round Mm -hmm. um that being said there is absolute like i have not heard a legitimate reason why like something that is statistically or performance backed up that tell that shows me that he actually has an opportunity to doesn't mean he can't Absolutely. And this is not just Dodger hate coming from a Giants fan. No, no. Because I've looked, I want a reason. Yeah, I want a reason. He is a great player when he is on. But even if you, I mean, you look at like what he did in the post, and that's what people were pointing to. He had like a 500 Babbitt, you know, and hit exactly. one home run. Singles and then the home run, that home run alone, because it was like a
0: high heater against Luke Jackson, I think. Mm-hmm. Uh, has has built a lot of excitement, too. No, I totally understand. I'm I'm with you on on being more cautious with Bellinger. I do have Yelich and Bellinger away from J.D., so I'm with you on, on J.D. as the pick, too. But Bellinger, there's not a lot there in terms of uh, last year to take anything from. Even in the playoffs, you're really betting on track record, which is fine because he has a, a robust one, like you said. Uh, you just mentioned Schwarber, and you like him a lot, and I agree. You like him more than Giancarlo Stanton. Schwarber versus Stanton. Yes. Okay. So do you think that Schwaber goes for 40 this year? Yes. Because I really think there's a strong chance of that. He got to stay healthy. You know, that's been a little bit part of his game now, right? Because in Buck 13 this year, um, he bounced back from the leg injury, you know, years ago. And has played you know he's played full season he had 155 back in 2019 and hit 38 homers played all of the shortened season although he struggled a bit but only 113 last year and still hit 32 so I should maybe even said 50 for Schwarber because that's in uh, the cards possible yes it's possible
1: like if you want a dark horse guy that could win like most or you know win a bet on most home runs in a season like Schwarber's a good I would love to know what his odds are uh, yeah. because yeah i think he's an interesting bet what about stanton then so you, you choose you
0: choose schwarber i'm with you but is Stanton out for you or is it just that you love schwarber
1: no Stanton's not out for me but i mean the injuries have become a real issue with him mm-hmm. um 139 last year only 23 games in
0: the shortened season only 18 games in 2019 so mm-hmm. after the big two full seasons which included the mvp of 17 were back on the the hurt stanton and at 32 he's unlikely to add a ton of health you know he might spike another healthy season
1: but and with the way the um the yankees are constructed i think he needs to play the outfield a lot more than i think we would like him to i think we would just like him to get void out of there so that Um, helps yeah, but I mean they still have one too many infielders. No, I agree. I agree cuz right now right now at roster resource
0: we have Mayhew on
1: the on bench. The bench. Like, hey Giants go trade for Glaber Torres. I don't know what it would take, but go trade for him.
0: It would take something substantial, but obviously not As
1: long as it's not Matos or Luciano, you would do it. Trade whatever. I'll do it. Yeah. Now. That'd be um, really
0: that'd be really interesting. That'd, I think really I think the
1: Yankees sure. would want starting pitching like actual major league starting pitching so um i don't know I guess, what the giants can that. we do but we're not gonna trade logan webb true. And we're not gonna and, trade and any of the guys we the just re-signed yeah and they don't want yeah they,
0: they don't want the crusty guys anyway that yeah, i don't that, think we right. match
1: up there we only match up yeah. with, with, for prospect. the could the a's go glaber torres is a long term piece for us from for montas or manaya mm, yeah hey here's here's manaya give us flavor torres That would actually make a lot of sense that would actually make a lot of
0: sense all right so stanton how many homers this year uh 34 okay so just one fewer than last year uh because we're not gonna have a ut only show this year because there's not 10 like badass utils like there was last year a lot of these guys got uh outfield we're gonna include these two guys here nelson cruz versus Fran mill reyes the old versus the young but both absolute studs and I have a tough time on this one. I think I answer differently damn near every day, but because I've started to move Cruz back up my board. But where do you come out between Fran Mill Reyes and Nelson Cruz?
1: I have Fran Mel Reyes and Nelson Cruz right next to each other um, in my ranks. Uh, I put them in my outfield ranks for you guys. I have Fran Mill at 25. I have Nelson Cruz at 26. Love it. Yep. Um, I, I,
0: I have Fran Mill at 25 already, and I just moved Nelson Cruz up this morning. He's now at 27 with Stanton in between them.
1: So give me the discount on Nelson Cruz because Nelson Cruz goes he later. He goes cheaper. Um, and uh, so, yeah. For, for now, at least. You know,
0: we'll see what happens once he's fully ingrained. You know, once we get a ton of drafts with him in mm-hmm. Washington, I wonder how much he'll inch up. But there's two more guys that can hit that are like strong bets for 40 and Quality long shot bets for 50 with Fran Mill and Cruz. Uh, Love both. And Fran Mill, like Cruz, gives you batting average. He's not just empty – or not empty, but he's not like that that batting average anchor. He can hit like 260 because he crushes the ball. Is there more to Brian Reynolds' game? Slash, can he at least sustain 2021? Because that was excellent. Nobody would be upset if he stayed at that level. But is there potentially even more because you look at the trajectory, the 19 breakout confirmation bias for those that were against it, they were like, oh, see, 2020 says he wasn't real. No, he had like a freaking non-existent BABIP that was just a pretty unlucky two months. So then he bounces back last year and says, no, 2019 was legit and he added power. So where do you come out with Brian Reynolds uh, with how legit this is? And uh, if there's even more, because he is only 27, and we know that's a guaranteed breakout season.
1: Age 27. <laughs> uh, I don't think there's necessarily more. I don't think there necessarily needs to be more. I think what he did is legitimate. Um, I think he's a low to mid 20s homer guy. Going to chip and stolen bases, but he's going to hit 300. Um, I'll take you that. You know, away. now because he's such a good hitter within the zone. If we got another rabbit ball, which who knows what Major League yeah. Baseball wants to do? I don't know then he could be a guy that ends up hitting like 30 home runs um, because he makes such good end zone contact. Um, But especially in that park, if we saw him get traded, I could say maybe there's more, but in PNC, I I don't think he's a 25 Homer guy necessarily. I think he's 20, 22, 23, something like that.
0: And that's fine. You know, again, a 19 or a, uh, well, even a 19 repeat, I wouldn't hate from, from Brian Reynolds, but even a 2021 repeat, perfectly fine but i don't rule out even more in his game because he has such a strong hit tool and that can take you a long way the power kind of can flow naturally from that he's shown now he's a 200 iso for his career that's legit pop like that is enough pop Mm. to to do a lot of damage so good call on brian reynolds if we get another rabbit ball too Mm -hmm. power Speed breakout who's your favorite akil badu versus jared kelnick
1: i think it's badu um damn right it is and I, this is gonna be weird for me to say I think it's because his his spot in the Tigers lineup is safer than Kelnick's is. like everybody is like expecting Kelnick to like have this breakout. I love Kelnick last year. I was driving we, we, we were hot. There is it. no discount for just a atrocious um rookie campaign um and there are some reports that Julio Rodriguez is gonna make this team. now who knows, right? if he's actually going to. But if Leo Rodriguez makes his team, is Kelnick even a full-time starter or is he platooning with Jesse Winker? Oh jeez. Well,
0: no, they're both lefties.
1: They're both lefties. well, they wouldn't put that's right. Well, so maybe he be he's a, a reserve center fielder. No,
0: no, no, no. If they get who, 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 what? Why, why would he not? Start? If Julio
1: Rodriguez comes. Oh, up. when Julio Rodriguez comes. You're not up. bringing Julio Rodriguez to sit up on to sit on the bench.
0: No, no, no. I think that would put um, Winker and Hanniger would split DH, and that's that's how that's how Julio would play. That's that's how I think it would go because they don't have a permanent DH right now.
1: Oh yeah, I think it yeah, it knocks Toro out of a job. Toro would get murked out of a job. I, but then... you could all you're gonna see you're gonna see guys, you're gonna see uh Kelnick lose time too. Like I it, unless, he out, right? unless he breaks out. Unless he breaks out, unless yeah, and like he can't, he absolutely can. But I yeah. just we saw it with Badoo. Like yes, we did. We did. In is it a scary profile? Absolutely. Is it volatile? Absolutely.
0: No, 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 it's not. Why is it scary? Why is it not? the in-season improvements because i think everyone's taking his strikeout rate at full value instead of looking at how he developed as the season went on with badu may like b- break him down april versus the rest of the season because in april he was swinging wildly all over the place literally struck out 44 percent of the time with a three percent walk rate and so it was like totally fraudulent that that he was hitting so well From the rest of the season, May 1st on, 24% strikeout rate, 11% walk rate. That's not a scary profile. That's a perfectly solid profile. Like that's, you know, uh, a decent enough strikeout rate because he has power and a good walk rate. He had a 756 OPS from May 1st on as well, mainly because he struggles against lefties, 523 OPS. And that's an issue. There is platoon risk with Badu. I do grant that fully. But a strong side Badu with power and speed is enough to be a, still a 2020 player, in my opinion.
1: What happens if they bring up green? Does he? It doesn't. I don't think it hurts
0: Badu unless they bring up green because Badu is suck. Does
1: Green play um, center?
0: Um, I think Badu can play some center. Victor Reyes would be oh, in okay. trouble then, or Grossman as well. I don't think Grossman's great in center, but I believe that he still plays. They
1: love Grossman. They it do, was. and he's a real
0: steady, you know, real steady presence. No center field last year, so it would have to be
1: by yeah. June. I retract what I said. I think there is some platoon risk, but there's definitely um, platoon risk. I will grant you're right. He made fully. some real, real changes, um, and uh, and they they show out in the stats. Uh, you know, like 81% zone contact is just right below league average, so like um, that's pretty damn good for a guy who who swings as violently as he does. So
0: and who was a Rule Five? Who was like coming up from? Th- double a was his
1: uh mm-hmm. was his peak well people forget like he was a top tier prospect until he got injured in the minor leagues it was the injury in the minor leagues that derailed things
0: that's right high a actually was his uh mm-hmm. peak too by the way so he came up after a month at high a in 2019 to come in the majors, learn on the job, and become a stud. I am a Tigers guy, obviously. A little bit of homerism here because I'm, go- I'm caping hard for my guy, but I really was impressed with what I saw out of Badu. I'm not out on Kelnick. We-, we took an L last year with him, but he did start to show improvement down the stretch. Took a lot better at-bats in September. Um, it's there. It's possible, but I've been taking Badu way higher, and uh, I'm very much in on Badu.
1: I've definitely I- gotten Badu, but I have not gotten Kelnick yet. I don't. Uh, let me see if I've even gotten Kelnick on them Oh, not
0: yet we'll see if i do i got a handful more drafts we'll see if i get them uh, are you paying the mild straw premium you already know i'm not so are you
1: i don't have a problem paying it but okay it's not like it's a, a plan going obvious. yeah it's, it's not a plan going into a draft it's a oh no i don't have speed thing and like i think he's gonna be fine like i, see, think, I think
0: it he, should be a plan though like that's the thing i think if you're gonna take him i think you should really be mapping that out from square one personally but if if you're capable of like kind of altering on the fly and making sure you've got enough power to cover him so no, man, I, I'm not I saying it, I can't. I think I you drafted
1: because you already have the power and you don't because you took like Castellanos, Eloy, Devers, Castellanos, like Flat or something. Flattie, those kind of guys. And then you went and got pitching. And now you're like sitting around one pick 100, pick 120, that's something fair. like that. And you're going, oh no, I have no stolen bases. Yeah. Yeah. And you're like, um, oh, what do
0: I what do I do now? That's that's totally fair. Uh all right. Next is Mitch Hanegar, is he getting enough love? And I put in parentheses here for you some numbers. 13th in WRC plus at the outfield since 2017. Minimum 2,000 plate appearances. I know that's a large sample to go back on. Obviously, he's missed some time due to some, some funky injuries. We know the major one to this downstairs region uh, was, the, was the craziest of them. But my man has been a beast in 17, 18, 19, and then 21. Um, you know, 19, not, not beastly. 108 OPS plus, but you got the other three, 127, 139, and then a 122 last year goes 39, hundred on the breakout uh, Mariners with 110 runs scored. I ask you, is he getting enough love? Should Mitch Haniger not be getting a bit more hype?
1: I don't know if I've ever turned around on a player as harshly or harshly or uh, as um, severely or strongly yeah. um, in one draft season. I've obviously, you know, been wrong on a player and then the next year been like, no, I'm I'm in now. Yeah. Um, as I have on Haniger, because I was feeding Hanniger like nonstop because of the injury history. But like I said, like every single there's red flags on every single player in the outfield, pretty much. Like, there's so they, few... they started with our second question about like betts and or like whatever the yeah, like bets and trout. It. Like I, I mean, Acuna was the
0: second question, and he had yeah. a big red flag.
1: So like Like, don't get me wrong. Do I want to load up on red flags? Absolutely not. But you know, I I think there could be some legitimacy to the fact that Haniger's you know injuries, at least recently, have been more fluky. He had a lot of injuries in the minor leagues too, um, yeah. That I think were less fluky. But I don't know that we can penalize him too harshly. And so I've moved Haniger way up, and I've gotten him in a number of leagues, and um, I will continue to draft him. Uh, where it's going that Mariners lineup is going to be really really good too so Mm -hmm. uh, like i think he can just be a monster in the runs and rbis is on top of the power so yeah i'm in on hanniger
0: you know 18 and 21 157 games missed a bunch of time in 19 that was the uh the testicular Mm -hmm. issue the blow up there and then didn't play all of 20. um so yeah, you know, th- there, there are some injuries recent, but man, I just love the power output from Mitch Hanegern. So that's why I'm really excited for him as that lineup gets better. Can Trent Grisham deliver on last year's hype? Cause he didn't quite come through for, for his believers, but uh, you know, you're still talking about a 25 year old who went 15 and 13 with, uh, in, in what would be considered a down year because he didn't quite meet up. Do you give up on him or do you double down on somebody like that with Trent Grisham? How do you feel?
1: I think he doubled down. Um, my only concern like, does he get platoons? He hmm. might have
0: some platoon risk, but you know, looking at last year, he was actually better against lefties, so that wouldn't be necessarily he was bad against know. righties. Yeah, right. He was he was a reverse guy. In fact, for his career, he's actually a reverse guy, so yeah, and that, that's my know. yeah, that's my I mean, I'm worried maybe, that he would lose playing time against maybe some righties here and there, especially
1: because that lineup. You know, I mean, they're, they're do they have there. enough depth to do it right now?
0: With I guess where not,
1: not, not without Tatis, I guess. So, yeah, so I, I think three he's months safe. To figure it out. <laughs> yeah, he got uh-huh. some time, and uh, God, that lineup man. is not as good, not nearly no. as good as it was.
0: No, it's not. Um, a, and like they added Void to help soften the Tatis blow, but. It's half a lineup right now. And then there's questions. You know, our boy Kim could really lengthen that lineup. Nola with some health could. Uh Myers is always good for a, a good couple of months. But then why isn't you know, Will Myers
1: on? Oh no, there he is. Right yeah, he's there, there
0: okay. six. Um so yeah, hmm. I, I think Grisham will not worry about getting platoon because he's been better against lefties in his career, and they just simply don't have the depth. How did so they he, not sign anybody? Maybe they maybe they got plans for. Somebody else like Conforto to come into left. Weren't they like sense. supposed to be getting Suzuki and then that felt yeah, they, like they've been on some things that have fallen through? How can
1: they not improve this lineup any more than just Luke Voight? Like I,
0: we could see fam return or, um, or Conforto could be a fit for them. And we're going to get to those two in a moment yeah. because those are our two last men standing in the outfield. But, um, 2020 potential for Trent Grisham, uh, yay or nay?
1: Uh, yay. I, I yeah. think he is 2020 potential for sure.
0: And I agree to buy back in. If you liked him last year, I don't think that anything that happened in 21 should totally have you off of him this year. Is Austin Meadows overrated? And I just oh, I just heard Bubba yell, Yes. Uh Bubba cannot stand Austin Meadows. Why? But uh I don't, he just really like he gave me a lot of trouble about him in uh in Arizona. He's like, What were you taking Austin Meadows for? And I looked, I was like, you know, it is a little worse than I thought. He hit 234. But 27 and 106, four steals, 79 runs. You know, I guess there is platoon worry because it's Tampa Bay and he does not hit lefties well. He's very – he's quite dreadful against lefties. Uh, but he made the most of his work against righties, Austin Meadows did. So I take it from your reaction you don't think he's overrated. Uh, what are your thoughts on Austin Meadows then? Is he somebody that you've been targeting in those middle rounds?
1: I don't think he's overrated. I don't think he's underrated. I think he is properly rated. Just rated? He is okay. just rated. Um 27 home runs, it, like, it, with some chipping, stolen bases. Yeah, I mean, the average dipped a little bit, but so did the strikeouts last year. So, like, you know, and maybe there's, a, too. there's talk that Tampa could trade him to another team, which would probably be pretty good, because they won't... Another team's probably not going to platoon him as much. True. Um, And... You know, the batter eye in Tampa Bay sucks. Uh, You know, maybe he turns into an effing monster. (laughs) Yeah, he goes um, crazy. Because we've seen flashes of that with him. So Yeah, I mean,
0: 2019 was insane for Austin Meadows.
1: Yeah, I mean, I think that's a little bit rabbit ball induced. But that being said, like, I think he has those kind of skills. I do not think he is overrated. Um, And I have gotten a fair amount of Austin Meadows when he drops way too far in a draft okay uh
0: yeah i've gotten some and like i said you know bubba had me at least thinking about it and and thinking like should i be should i be taking him i'm fine i'm fine with where he goes i don't think he's overpriced um all right we're gonna get into our groupings now potential game changers here i think these guys are are mid-rounders that there's gonna be some breakouts within this group and i'm gonna kind of ask you to pick through some of your favorites hunter renfro alex verdugo Saya suzuki Abascal Garcia uh, uh, signing with Miami. Andrew Benintendi and Dylan Carlson. Now we've already talked up Renfro. We're very mm-hmm. very big on him. Um, so I definitely think that you agree with me there that he could yep. be a potential game changer. I Alfredo. I uh, yeah. Uh, yeah yeah. You you've got Renfro. I mean he's another forty homer candidate no?
1: Mm-hmm, Absolutely. But, Especially because he made he made improvements against right. It's like it's yeah. Um, so like, I, I think he's going to keep the gains we saw last year. And now he's just moved to a great part of great division. Yeah. I'm really excited about, about
0: Renfro. What about Verdugo? He doesn't, uh, stand out in either of the counting categories, uh, with the power and the speed He's kind of like give you a little something on both of them, but he's a big batting average guy still only going to be 26. Can he, can his hit tool, can, can his hit tool take him to the next level and maybe extract some extra power? Or is he going to kind of live in this, you know, teens homers six to 10 steals i never really gotten into 10 it's really more of like six seven steals decent runs and ribbies and a good average like what where's verdugo is he stagnant where he is at or is there more for the 26 year old
1: um i think he's probably a stagnant ish I, I don't want to like a guy with his contact skills i don't want to like completely bury as this is who he is but this feels a lot like who he is. I mean, he's he's a guy with like a fifty percent ground ball rate. Um, maybe he can make a Yelich type change, right? Yelich was so. I
0: like that. By the way, uh, he's at this cr- crossroads: Yelich or Michael Brantley. Yeah. If, if he stays the same, he just is, his his era is Michael Brantley, and there's nothing
1: wrong with. That. There's nothing wrong with that. But if
0: if if he hits the the uptick on the power, then you start talking something bigger. Mm-hmm. and maybe it is a Yellich type of breakout.
1: So that being said, I mean, he doesn't have the speedy Yellich. Um, at yeah, least, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, we're talking like more that. from
0: the power, not, not from the uh, MVP caliber guy who was first overall fantasy guy. And
1: I mean, I don't know if anybody's talked about this with Story yet, but the Red Sox stole 40 bases as a team last year. And they have some guys who could run. I, I think it is more of a team
0: – Decision as opposed to oh they don't have anybody who runs mm-hmm. like Verdugo himself, I think can be an easy double-digit guy, but they probably say, Nah, mm-hmm. get him every once in a while. You know, Devers Ooh. gets to get his five while getting caught five times. I don't they, they look eight.
1: Christian Vasquez just run wild. Yeah, they do. He's got the they, he's got the, the rest light, of the everyone team. else, red light. He, there. he has eight of their 40 stolen bases last year. Our Christian premier Vasquez.
0: base stealer is Christian Vasquez. Yeah, that's insane. Yeah, no, it it is interesting with Verdugo that, that he because he feel like should he definitely get double digits,
1: yeah. I mean, he's fast enough to be a double digit guy, and he seems to be like five to seven, five, eight type of guy. Um, yeah, I mean, I think if we had another rabbit ball, like he would yeah. be another guy because he makes such good in zone contact, like that in would that Brian Reynolds type. yeah. Uh, but without that, and without some sort of change to his launch angle to try to induce more power, um, which is not what the Red Sox want him to do, the Red Sox want him on base, um. Yes. So I don't see a breakout coming, but I think he's also a very safe floor. And I think for certain team builds, when you need batting average, he's a great little fit. Yeah. Verdugo's a great
0: fit there. Again, Michael Brantley is kind of like where he's going on his trajectory. I'm totally chill with that Sai Suzuki signs with the Cubs. We did talk about that and kind of gave, gave some thoughts on on what the Cubs are doing with him. That's great. So if you want to get more details there, you can check out the last episode 20 and 10, feel right to you for a projection for suzuki
1: i i think he's gonna have the power okay i think it's light i think i said i project him for about oh that's five, right yeah five, we talked about
0: that because um the mm-hmm. 20 projections were all with like 119 games yeah we both think he'll play more games than that so yeah, yeah he could even he could even push 30 and if he's yeah, 30, i think i play. think that's
1: here's the thing with Suzuki. I, I am very intrigued, but we don't know what he is. Um, True. And as much as, sorry, I didn't interrupt you. We took Kim's stats
0: at face value a little bit too much last year.
1: mm -hmm. Let's make the same mistake with Suzuki. The Japanese league is a better league Mm -hmm. than the Korean league. It's more like triple a. Um, but if he hit 15 home runs this year with a 240 average, would we be surprised? No, I wouldn't No, if he hits 35. I don't know that I'm surprised either. Mm-mm. There's just so a wide I, range of outcomes with Suzuki. Yeah, I think he's the kind of guy you want to pair with a Verdugo because he kind of, you know, the Verdugo safety offsets the kind of risk that we get from an unknown quantity. Like Suzuki. I like that a lot. Abascal Garcia was one of my
0: favorite picks last year, and I, I, I always, I told Derek Cardi this in the, in the DMs, gave him credit for it because the bat loved him, and then I think they got jbj and and because we know that jbj will get playing time because of his glove the bat ended up having to come down on him but thankfully i was able to see the Avicel garcia love before and i was like you know what i'm still gonna take him because he's just not expensive and you know things will happen jbj is not that good kane can get hurt i obviously did not think yelich would be mediocre as hell. But it paid off. And so I I'd tell Derek, I'm like, dude, I had him on like every team because of your system. Thanks, dude. Uh, he was a homer and two steals away from a 30-10 campaign. That injury was the only thing that really stopped him there because he only had 135 games. But he was awesome. Now he was awesome in a much better park. I do think Garcia has power that can play in Miami, but it is definitely going to be a hit going to Miami. But the price is just not. A problem. I'm still totally fine, even with the breakout season. He's going at 169. The first outfielder off the board is Avi Garcia. uh, Somebody that 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 you're going for. Can he build on this breakout? And uh, does Miami offer too much, or does Miami offer too much regression? And you're and you're backing
1: away from him. Um, man, such an interesting profile. Um, I agree. I agree. No, I think Miami's fine for him. I think he's got real manpower. I think his power plays anywhere. Mm -hmm. Um, I think the biggest issue is do the counting categories drop because the lineup around him is not as great. Yeah, But I think that's offset by the fact that he's just going to play every day in Miami. They gave him the big contract. He's going to play every day as long as he's healthy. Um, So as long as he stays healthy, I think he's going to pretty come close to repeating last year and maybe even surpass it. Um, I think I'm a little bit too low on Avi Garcia. I think I need to raise him in ranks. All right, I like, I like to hear that. I've got him. Let's see, I've got Garcia.
0: You know what? i might be too low on him as well. I got him 57th in the outfield. I don't agree with oh, that. Oh, never I mind. Think. I did raise him in my ranks. You, you already uh, you already bumped him.
1: I I got him. I got him up to 47.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's I, I was literally typing 47. So you actually gonna make him 48 because then it will move him right. And honestly,
1: 47. I might move him up even higher because, um, like, I still have Jesse Winker above him. That's why I moved him above because I I Winker I'm just yeah God, I'm so I, mean, I need to move Winker down. Um, hmm.
0: didn't, didn't yeah, I, I like Avi. I like Avi a lot. Um, All right, next guy on the list here is Andrew Benintendi. I like Andrew Benintendi, um, even if he's just kind of who he is, you know, with with a little speed, little pop. I think his average will be better. He had a weird season last year. He got hurt and had a rib issue that I think might have stifled his his stolen base out. But he went eight for seventeen. That is disastrously bad. And then even when he got back from the injury, he stopped running even all that much because of the injury. I, I imagine that's that's my that's or my because they issue. put the brakes on him, or they might like they might have put the brakes on him because hey, you just got back from a rib injury and you've been a disaster on the bases. Stop. I don't think that's who he is now, though. I don't think he forgot how to steal. I think he had a bad year. Um, I might I might do a review of of his caught stealing to kind of see what what happened there. Cause that's really, really bad. But he went 17 and 8 with a 276. That's very uh Verdugo-esque. And that was in like kind of a down year for him uh because of the injury. He only put 134 games. I think Benny can get back on like a a, a 20, a 20 and 12 type of year with like a 280 average i just i just think benny is one of those guys that you look over the course of of his career and he's just always solid and then he can have a couple of spike seasons and i think this year might be a spike season even if it's not you're not overpaying for a repeat and the upside is enough for me to take take the shot so i've been drafting a lot of andrew benintendi this year how do you feel about him
1: i feel fine about him um I wonder if I should drop him a little bit in my ranks, honestly. I've got him at 44 right now. Never drop. Always um, raise. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I, I like him. He's kind of an all-around guy. He, um, yeah. Usually by the time I get to him in a draft, though, like, I need something. Like I, okay. I need power. I need speed. I need this. I need that. So I haven't ended up with him a bunch. I've got him a few times. Uh, but... Um, uh yeah, I mean I think he's definitely I, I like him because he allows you to continue to stay balanced. I do think he's gonna be probably like a 15-15 guy, right? With a good yeah, average. Exactly. And that's fine, that's great, you know. Um, so yeah, I like I like Bempton and that Royals team, I think he's halfway decent offensively. Up. Yeah, yep, I agree with that too. So the county categories could come up.
0: I'd like to see some health. And if he does, I think Ben will improve back on those stolen bases because, again, they were dreadful last year. Um, and I don't think a big power spike is coming. I just feel like he'll play more and, and get closer to 20 homers. So it is very much like for Dugo, who we just talked about. Uh, Dylan Carlson, now I'm still very in on him. I was very high on him last year, and he did not really deliver some huge breakout season. He was fine for what I paid for, um, but, you know, Definitely would say between the two of us, you won that one. You were thought you thought he was kind of like eh, and I was like he could break out, and he was eh. 18 homers, 65 ribbies, two steals, 266 average, 79 runs for Dylan Carlson. But he's 23. I thought that's a hell of a rookie year to build upon. I'm not going anywhere with Dylan Carlson. I'm still drafting him. Um, are you any more in after seeing
1: a season from Dylan Carlson? Um, I don't know that I'm any more in, but I'm not any more out. Okay. Where did the speed go? Like, wasn't I thought like everybody was projecting him to be like a double digit stolen yeah. base guy last year? And that and was that, one thing. Go ahead. I'm sorry. I was just that never happened. He, he no. attempted three stolen bases. And I think that's fair.
0: And that was one of the things that even as I was very much loving him last year, I started to kind of question myself like, are we putting too much into one year and really one stop? In double A 2019, he went to the 18 catchers 18 aren't great for 25. Yeah. I mean, we're talking double A here, and he's right at that cusp too, 72% success, which isn't even that, you know, that's not even eye popping or anything. He gets the triple A, it was only 18 games. He goes two for three. But then as a major leaguer so far, he's three for five in seven hundred and thirty-eight plate appearances. So it's just That is a part that I I am not really projecting anything crazy for. If he happens to do it with Carlson, that'd be great. But I'm seeing more of like five this year.
1: I think as he gets more
0: comfortable, he can get the little chip in. But I don't know that it's going to be the double digits. But I think there's a lot of upside in the batting average and the counting categories as he moves up the lineup too.
1: I I would agree there. I think he is a good hitter generally. I think the park holds him back from being like a really good power hitter. True. Um, and so runner, I think he's probably yeah. a low twenties Homer guy with a good average, some chip in stolen bases, probably some good runs, uh, and RBIs, depending on where he hits in the lineup. So he's fine, but he's not, he's usually not a guy that I'm that interested in. Carlson's kind of another Benintendi Verdugo, right? Yeah. Like how Maybe much difference is, how much difference is he then like Enrique Hernandez, um, without the multi positional eligibility? Is he any different?
0: not at present but i think it's uh, he's 23 so i think there's a yeah lot of yeah
1: growth. obviously right. there can be growth yeah but, but sure. at
0: the guy the guy we're drafting sure i think that's fair just that on a base
1: percentage leagues he walked almost 10 percent of the time last year ricky and it did not walk um so like i mean obviously you know there's uh you know certainly context is where he makes more sense but i he's kind of bland um that's fair so, as
0: is, as is Carlson is bland. I so did just trade
1: for him in better. a league, in a dynasty league. So
0: I'll bet on a 23 year old, right? This might not be yeah, where, right. like he can jump, but, um, and again, I think the price, if you just get status quo as the 45th outfielder, 175 pick, that's fine for Dylan Carlson. I like getting guys like that where their draft price, if they just stay where they are, is fine, but that there is upside for more. To your point, Enrique Hernandez is 229, 59th. And he does kind of deliver the same thing with second base yeah. thrown in too, which second mm-hmm. base sucks. So I hear you on that. That's a good call out. You're buying some of that upside there and you're paying a little bit of a premium for it, but nothing. I think you are. I don't cost- want to pay a premium
1: for it though. It's not cost for but I don't want to pay a premium. I, I um, definitely will. I think this is a, just a warning sign for people. When you, when you're looking at prospects, don't just take numbers at face value in the minor leagues. Cause you, you know, um, unless you're really in tune with, like, what kind of parks are hitting in, what kind of competition mm-hmm. they're going against. And most of us don't have the time uh, to delve into that stuff real deeply. Trust the evaluators. And, like, you go and look at, like, what his tools grades are at the top of fan graphs, and there's no 60-anything. He's Yeah, but they're like, all uh,
0: 50s. That's really, really
1: good. With a 40 long-term speed. That's fine. So, I mean... I think, you know, it was never, I don't think he was ever going to be a star. I think he's just a really good all around. You're pushing too hard on Dylan Carlson. He's 23 this year. You're writing the book
0: too quickly. That's all I'm saying. That's the all book saying. is written. It is not. We need to move on, though. <laughs> we can't do four hours. The unsigned. Oh, no, no, the power players first.
1: Hey, we we've gotten a lot done in an hour. We
0: really, no, we really have, especially for us. We, we both love to get, crazy and go deep on everything and so i thought we did really well there on those upper tiers we didn't spend too much time on the stars that everyone knows we're getting into the meat here uh the power players joey gallo jorge Soler just signed with miami adam duvall eddie rosario and marcelo zuna eddie rosario might feel like an outlier there because he only hit 14 last year but dude has massive power um he's been hitting he's been like an upper 20s low 30s guy power just hit mm-hmm down ticked a little bit last year
1: was great in the playoffs too Yeah, so I just mean.
0: unbelievable in the playoffs gallo first full season in new york do you see you know remember when he got traded there was a lot of excitement and he did not live up to that hype but now that he's settled first full year there does he set any sort of like new highs or does he just go back to being the gallo that we've seen which is you know upper 30s low 40s homers and a terrible batting average
1: i think he probably is who he is at this point i'd love to see him improve but i just don't know how he does it with with the way he he swings. Um, I, I got a question for you because someone in the chat, uh, you know, from our Patreon, um, that uh, asked uh, final player evaluation. What are you guys doing about the New York Toronto COVID restrictions? And since Gallo's in New York, he's yeah. not one of the guys, so he thinks unvaccinated. But we didn't talk about Judge. Um, no, we did not actually. And I think just real oh, quick,
0: accidental by the way, that I are you,
1: are you penalizing guys like judge um, for, because I mean, if, if this stands judge can't play in 91 yeah, of 162 um, games, I don't think that's going to happen. I, I, what would I you think... say the likelihood of it happening is? Give me, give me a percentage chance that this happened. 10%, 10%. Okay. 10% chance that he
0: gives up more than half the season.
1: So, would you draft Aaron Judge where he's going with the 10% chance? Because I think uh, I'm I'm staying away from Aaron Judge until we hear that yeah. this is changing.
0: I think that's a f- it I think it's worth backing off on Aaron Judge because I think of- it's a little bit higher than 10%. Because of that potential. I mean, Kyrie Irving's done it, right? And he's, he's. And
1: that's why I think. Because like there is precedent
0: of a star. Like he is a pre. If you are not follow basketball, Kyrie Irving is a G. And mm-hmm. he has just held his ground and said, no, I'm not going to do it. So I will not play in these and games.
1: New York has held their ground and said, yep. we are not and, going to make an exception for you. And they, or for baseball yeah. players. They re upped it. They basically said, yeah, no, this is still. The in health order. department came out this last week and said, this is not changing.
0: Yeah, no, I think. I think it is worth, you know, discussing it with regards to Judge, and I didn't, I didn't, I didn't skip him out of the uh, out of the questions for any purpose. That was actually totally incidental. We didn't talk about Buxton either, by the way. Um, are you in or out on Buxton?
1: Out. I think it's a price. I'm out. Okay, that's, it.
0: Uh, but yeah, I will. I'm going to move Judge down based on this because even if it's not, even if it's if it's more than ten percent, of course that's yeah, that's enough. But a ten percent risk on somebody who's like a third rounder. That is, that is a lot. Well, because let's
1: do, let's do some just quick math, third grade math, right? So we're going to, we're going to add percentages. If there is a, let's say 15% chance he misses 91 games and you multiply that by a 30% chance he gets injured again. Oh, now, now you're in some big trouble. Now you're talking about a guy who could potentially play like 40 games.
0: Yeah, it that that is a lot dicier than than I I think I was willing to kind of think about. I just I haven't been thinking about it. I only drafted Judge in one spot. and I'm just kind of like he's a power stud. He's trustable, but with this with this Vax and his penchant for injuries.
1: And there are going to be people out there that say that he has a higher percent chance of getting or thirty percent or higher than a thirty percent chance of getting injured.
0: Yeah, thirty percent I, I think be. is
1: giving him some credit for what he did last year. Yeah, with the one forty eight played.
0: Yeah, dude. I think uh, I think you're bringing up a lot of good questions. Enough for me to really,
1: I just I like just he's, he's off my board when we go to Vegas, unless we get news. He he is not on. He is not draftable to me in a fifteen hundred dollar or a seventeen hundred dollar league. Yes. Um, without news, no, that, I, I,
0: that much I agree with. Like there, so you know, there are certain price points. Like price point plays a role. Right, like it has to. I, I think it okay. has to play a role.
1: you no price point of,
0: of the the league. I'm saying, by the way. Like yeah, yeah more yeah. expensive league.
1: I'm gonna but be it just made me think when you said price point. Who would you rather draft? Tatis or judge? Oh, Jesus. Because I think
0: the answer is Tatis. No, 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 no. It's Judge. It's Judge. It's Judge. He can change that status in a day. He can change the status in a day. And then he's not a risk for any of well, those
1: missing he's just the injury risk at that point. Here's, But here's my argument against it, right? You know you're going to have to replace Tatis for three months. I'm not drafting either. But you know you're going to have yeah. to replace Tatis for three months. In a weekly league, you know, I'm not talking about NFBC where you could switch out on Fridays. But in a weekly league where you've got to put Judge into your lineup, if he's going to miss a whole series, that is almost like taking a zero in the weeks that he sometimes plays. Yeah, because... You, like, want the four games against Baltimore yeah, in
0: Baltimore, but then they go to Toronto for three on the weekend, and you're like, "Shit!" So now you're getting
1: 50% of the 70 games sometimes. There, there, like, there the is, math just gets worse and worse. Oh, that, and there maybe this very, does get figured out beforehand. Or it gets part figured part out a too. month into the season.
0: Yes. That's t- because you don't know, because Xander Bogarts was – a concern on this too and then he he just
1: he got vaxxed like he he's does but now. doesn't sound like that's what but I, I don't. I, yeah, do. yeah judges know, are different like, like, uh,
0: everyone's different and if he's gonna stick to his guns no it, I think it's a fair question I just moved him down and, a
1: ton and I mean there apparently was an argument between Scherzer and DeGrom over vaccines and vaccination status so we know that Scherzer's gotten his yeah does that mean we need to run into these same issues with the Grom? For de Grom. Man, I don't know. This oh, is Max petrifying. And I hit ha- usually yeah, move is. up guys who play in New York. I have like since this kind of stuff is broken, kind of said I'm probably not drafting a lot of these guys because I don't know who. Well, yeah, we don't know. It's not like there's. We'll know early, but we won't know list. early
0: enough for drafts. Exactly. You already be putting them on your seventeen hundred dollar team or your one hundred dollar okay. team or your two hundred. You know, again, we all have different price points where it's like, hey, this is really serious, and I'm I don't want to invite this extra risk. The risk becomes worth it if you're in a cheaper league. No, I I I think it's totally totally viable and i'm moving judge down i'm not taking off my board personally i understand doing that but um oh man yeah it adds so yeah greg martin says for starters he's not as concerned but that it, it adds so much randomness and that's what we're always trying to mitigate we're always trying to cut randomness out of things and and this is just adding more and more to it and that is a terrifying terrifying great, great
1: question matthew williams uh, i don't think that's yeah. our friend matthew williams i think it's a uh, 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 patreon matthew williams but uh, amazing question i'm glad you brought it up because we probably wouldn't have talked about it yeah i i, I, I had not st- thought about bringing it up but it's scaring very, the head it's been it's been something i've been thinking about and like judge went for a really good price in an obp tout league yesterday um went under 30 dollars to Derek van Riper, and i Part of it was I did not want to mess with that.
0: Anyway, moving on. Jorge Soler. He joins, obviously, El Garcia in Florida, uh, in Miami. Another anywhere power guy, so I'm not really worried about the park. Um, remember last year we had a really pivotal conversation where you totally 180'd me on him. This was before the trade, and we were talking about buying back in, and I was like, dump him, dude. This this is – I don't like where this is headed. You hit with the with the underlying numbers. Everything was there to rebound.
1: And he rebounded. Uh, I love Solera. Like, like you said, he has real manpower, it plays everywhere. You actually look at the X-home runs, he hit 30 home runs last year in total. Uh, his X home runs in Miami would have been 36. Um, like he just he just got unlucky. Um, I think he's a legit 40 homer bat potential. Um, and the nice thing about going to Miami, I know a lot of people are gonna downgrade him for going to Miami. He's not going to lose out on any time. If he was on a contender, maybe his defense um, or, you know, or the one to give other people days off at DH would make him lose time. That's not going to happen in Miami. This is one of the best possible landing spots for him playing time-wise. Yeah, because his power won't be affected by Miami's park, I love I much,
0: right? Like you know, we don't. We never know a batted
1: ball distribution. He could have a few. Sure, but, but I, I mean, but I hear you. Like, I just want to. I think he's. I think he's a pretty easy bet for thirty-five home runs. Yeah, I mean, he did this um, in
0: Kaufman, which is not a great yeah,
1: exactly. Place to hit. Um. So, and I think you know the forty-five potential is still on the table for him. Um. I I took him in town yesterday for seven dollars. Uh. After I after we knew what the signing was, um. I'm stoked about that. And I uh I have no concerns on him.
0: Yeah. Kaufman literally the worst righty park factor the last yeah. three years.
1: Uh, for Homers. For
0: Homers. The overall offense is actually plus at 101 because of the other base hits that mm-hmm. it, it fosters. But for power, it's worse. So Miami's actually a park improvement from where he was most of the last couple of years. Uh versus Atlanta, it's actually an improvement from there too, from a home run standpoint. Miami is uh oh no no sorry i was reading the wrong category it, it is a dip from my okay, not yeah. from kc so yeah so there i'm with you i'm fully in and again you got me back in on him last year thank you for that maybe not look stupid and not you cut welcome. him in a league and uh actually have a guy who helped me down the stretch uh adam duvall I want to love him, dude. He's a fun player, and he he, he does bring things to the table. But that's sub 300 OBP and severely sub. It's 270 or 288 last year, 281, excuse me, 277 with Miami, 287 with Atlanta. That's so brutal, dude. Oh, my God. And he led the National League in ribbies. I don't know if a lot of people realize that. 113 for Adam Duval, 38 homers, five steals. Does that ugly OBP and inability to consistently get on base put him at playing time risk, though, if he goes into a lull? He's going to be 33. Like, are we are we living on a wire with Adam Duvall right now to where he could go like Chris Carter on us and all of a sudden he's out of the league not getting playing time?
1: Yes. Um, I was also to rate of barrels with Eno and DVR. And Eno brought up really good points. He goes, I just don't like guys who could be – Potentially DFA'd. Yeah. Um, Now, I think while Acuna's out, he's pretty safe. True. Um, uh, Especially because he's going to play center. And I think there's a real chance that the Braves say, we don't want Acuna to play center when he comes back. Um, Or or at least not every day. Yeah. Like, you know, they don't even want him to play the outfield right now. Do they want him playing center field? Yeah. Um, So... I think he's probably safe at least for the first half of the season, and where you're getting him is fine. Like, there's nothing wrong with the price. Um, yeah, Duvall is not expensive, so I think he is pretty locked in for the first half of the season. Okay, but if he struggles, um, and the defense doesn't stay usable, uh, once Acuna comes back in, like I said, I think May, um then he could be in some trouble and find himself in on the bench or even dfa'd by midseason like i think yeah. that's in the range of outcomes i think it's unlikely that he gets dfa'd but in the range of outcomes for sure
0: no i agree and that's that's my that's my major concern with uh, somebody like Duvall, and I, like I said, I do like him as a player, and he does add things, and his defense helps maybe mitigate the sub-300 OBP, but 277 is just wretched for an OBP. I didn't even realize we had all three Atlanta outfielders in this grouping here in a row, Adam Duvall, Eddie Rosario, Marcel Ozuna. That actually wasn't on purpose. I didn't even notice. So uh, which of the three do you prefer at their given price between Ozuna, Duvall, and Rosario?
1: Ozuna... Um, Rosario and Duval I think it's Rosario and then Ozuna and then Duval. Okay, Rosario goes 177,
0: 47th among that outfielders. That will come up. No, oh, yeah, I agree. Ozuna goes 183, he's next, he's 48th mm-hmm. among the outfielders and then Duval's down at 63rd outfielder, pick 235.
1: Those are all those all sound about right. Yeah, I think so too. And Ozuna, you know, looks like he's going to be free and clear to play. He's the one that could really jump, though. If you're really looking to take a guy who, I mean, because, I mean, he was like a top 50, 60 pick not that long ago.
0: Last year, coming off of the shortened season, he was, right? Because he killed it. And he was good in 19 as
1: well. My question is, like, how much are they letting him play defensively, especially with Acuna coming back and him wanting to DH? Like, could he lose time because he needs to come out of the field? Uh, yeah, may, there might be some
0: like an at bat ticked off here and there because of a defensive replacement. That's a good point. I thought you were going to say like missed games because I don't think he'll miss games because of it. It'll be partial, it'll be the last three innings type of deal. And that is something, but I, I, I would suggest that that is that's actually linked into the
1: price. Third of a th- last three innings a game is 33% of a game.
0: Could be only he, one plate appearance. though, depending on like, I think it would depend
1: if he
0: scheduled to bat in the seventh. I think he would like get to play the seventh so that he can come up and bat, and then Ozuna would be taken out for the eighth, ninth. I think it's within the last three. It's not literally the last three ever. So, but like
1: if he's hitting fourth in that lineup, you have to treat him like he's hitting sixth. But isn't that covered in the fact that he's the 183rd? I'm saying no, I think he's fine at the price. I absolutely think he's fine at the price. But that's a fair concern too. But I think there is, you know, the reason why he's not higher is because there is that downside.
0: Yeah, he, he's he's a dreadful defender, and I, I don't know yeah. that the time off made him any better. There. Uh, all right, so those are our power players. The unsigned Michael Conforto, Tommy Pham. Those are the two left standing. Place them. Where are they going to go? Where do you think Conforto goes?
1: Um, I'm going to say Conforto goes to Toronto. Oh God, that'd be so sick. And Grichuk sits out. Um, mm-hmm. I mean,
0: I think that's fine. Like they, they need they, a left. He, ha- they
1: need yeah. lefties. He, he could be um, a fourth outfielder. is your
0: only lefty. He's not even good. Uh, yeah, yeah, I, I think that'd be awesome. What about mm-hmm. Fam? San Diego. Yeah, I think he goes back to San Diego too.
1: Mm-hmm. I
0: think San Diego gets one of these two, and they might just get the guy that they have a relationship with, and yeah, they can Makes, just bring. It would make sense. Yeah. Which of the two are you drafting between Conforto and Fam? If if either,
1: Fam. Because Speed component. So yeah. And I just don't trust – Conforto was a nightmare last year. Dude, um rough. And then there's still health concerns. Like, I just don't know what Conforto is. I love the idea of Michael Conforto. I do not like what we get in real life. Yeah, I mean, he was excellent in 18,
0: 19, um, and even 20, uh, you know, the shortened season. But then last year just fell apart, and there are some concerns about the health youth mm-hmm. on the rise alex kirloff jesus sanchez joe adele julio rodriguez andrew vaughn and riley green kirloff battling the wrist but if he comes back and he's healthy feels like somebody who could be a major contributor this year do you trust that the wrist is healthy enough to pay the price on Kiriloff, which is pick 185 the 50th outfielder and he does have first base eligibility
1: I do not, and I worry a little bit about the additions that Minnesota has made. That that makes him a platoon player, um, and so I, I like the long-term appeal of Kirilov, mm-hmm. but the short-term appeal isn't there for me.
0: I think that's fair. I I, I came in like really, really gung ho about him coming into
1: this year. I, I did too, and then because the, of the rest and the price, like there was this. Like I assumed he was going to go outside the top two fifty because. You know he's a prospect that failed, that you know. yep. Um. And and he's not. And he's just he's just too expensive for me. Yeah.
0: I mean, it, it wasn't even like the sample was amazing. He was getting going right as the wrist mm-hmm. happened. I think he hit like four homers in a week or something for Kirilov. But he has a 93 WRC plus, 299 OBP. So I thought maybe those numbers would tamp it down. I was with you. No, people are in, and I respect that because I like him too. I'm just mad that I'm not getting enough of a discount, and so it's made me kind of peel back on Kirloff. I
1: prefer all of these guys except for one over Kirillov. Okay. Uh, another big man power here,
0: Jesus Sanchez. I mean, they're, they're three outfielders right now can absolutely destroy the ball. And I don't know if Soler is going to be more DH or outfield, but for the sake of what we're doing here, we have him listed as an outfielder with uh, Avicel in center, Jesus in left, and Soler in right. We talked about Avicel Garcia and Jorge Soler. Jesus Sanchez crushing homers in Miami. Does he finally break through this year? I I, I shouldn't say finally. He has literally 280 plate appearances. (laughs) Does he break through this year as a 24-year-old? Let's say
1: that. Um, I think he does. i I like Hazy changes a lot uh i mean the question is how much does he break through i think he gets a 20 20 home runs 20 plus home runs um i think comes with like a 250 batting average uh some chip and stolen bases i like all Um, that though maybe not really chip he's got one stolen base in the last three seasons um so yeah the,
0: the projection has him getting like just a few i guess because he is faster like he has
1: average speed, like solid. I think you project game. him for one. And if he gets more than one, then I think that's the ahead. right way to play um, with ASUS Sanchez. Do not expect five. Yeah, I think he's, you know, do. And is there potential for a lot more? I think there is potential for a lot more power. Like I really do. I think he could legitimately hit 30 uh, if everything came together. So, uh, but I think right now you project him kind of low twenties homers. I've gotten him in a couple leagues, but he's not a as big of a target for me as he is for other people. Because there's okay. other guys, even in this tier, that like are really real difference makers if everything comes together. Could be this guy, Joe Adele. Yes.
0: I'm sure there's Joe Adele fatigue for a lot of people, but it might surprise those folks to learn that he's only 23. He's been in our consciousness for a long time. It's been in my heart forever. Like- and he was the number 10 pick back in 2017. So he's been around for a while since he was 18, kind of getting run as the next big thing. And he was amazing all the way up the minors until AAA. And then it was like, holy smokes, all that swing and miss finally came home to roost. And it's been a bit of a problem. He's been kind of up and down, figuring some things out. Even last year in AAA, 23 homers, eight steals, but a 29% strikeout rate came up to the majors though. in 140 plate appearances, it was down to 23%. Now I do still see a 15% swinging strike rate. So I'm not fully bought in that the strikeouts are, are fixed or anything like that, but we started to see a little bit more of a comfortable Joe Adele within those 140 point appearances last year. He still just has 272 major league appearances. Like it's not do or die or anything like that. He could meander along this year and still break out next year, to be honest. But is this the year for the Joe Adele breakout? And if so, are you trying to buy him?
1: uh i've gotten him like once or twice and i've been a big joe adele guy in the past um mm-hmm. I, yeah I, I think there are some people who think that like the strikeout woes are behind them or at least not as bad as it used to be like you said 50 swing strike rate swing uh swung outside the zone 40 percent of the time um that's not good uh mm-hmm. and i don't think the strikeout issues are behind him the range of outcomes is huge on adele adele could be a monster and he also could be back down in the minor leagues. Um, so I think, you know, he's he's a good gamble to take because, like I said, he could be a monster. Um, but uh, make sure you don't have a lot of these guys on your roster, because if all of them go down, all of a sudden now you're playing with waiver wire and, uh, all of your rosters. So, yeah, you know, I, I love love Adele, love the potential, but it's still just potential right now. Yep,
0: I think that's all, that's all fair on Adele. The price does cover the fact that it's potential, so that helps. You're not paying an Uber, mm-hmm. Uber premium, but uh, don't go too crazy in, uh, on that 23% strikeout rate. Julio Rodriguez, you're hearing some chatter that maybe he could be up opening day. And by the way, I don't think we covered mm-hmm. this in great detail. There is a new incentive rule to get guys up day one if they're ready by offering up potential picks if they are like voted high enough in rookie of the year or something.
1: Oh, I, like, I did not know this. So yeah, yeah, this, this is know. like,
0: I think it's called the PPI, the Prospect Promotion Incentive or something. And um, and so that there is something in, in place here where you could actually get rewarded if you call up a guy, he, he's awesome, and then you get an extra pick. Does this help Julio Rodriguez get to the majors day one? And, and they just say, you know what, we're a contending team. He, he's a best fit for us type of deal, or are we going to get teased like we got teased with Bobby Witt last, last year?
1: Well, we won't get teased like we got teased with Bobby Witt. Um, I think he'll be up, and I think he'll be up early. The question is how early? Okay. Um, I think he's up by Memorial Day no matter what. Okay, so at
0: least four months of Julio Rodriguez.
1: Yes, and four months I... of Julio Rodriguez could be amazing. Drafting him in nfc to hold him for two months where you only have seven reserves. That's hard. I think that depends on if you drafted other guys um, like that or injury risk guys. Um, I think I might take the chance. Uh, I, I think I would I think I think would take the chance because I do think there's a really good chance he's up day one.
0: Are you not making the same mistake we did last year with Kelnick?
1: Yes, he has
0: no triple A. I like Julio Rodriguez, I really do, but I'm I'm nervous. Like I know he could be one of those insta hits. I totally totally get that. I'm not blind to the talent at high but A. But the AA price is year, different. What's his 80 killed. It's not what Kalnex was right Yeah, He's he's two seventy eight. Or two seventy. Yeah, he's going 100, over
1: 100 picks later than Kelnick
0: went last year. That's true. Kelnick was inside the top 200, and we were still paying it, by the way. Yeah, I was right. paying a 150, 160 price on Kelnick. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, that, okay, that 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 makes it different. You're 100% correct. That makes it different. What kind of league are you willing to hold for Rodriguez in case you have to wait till Memorial Day and you don't get the good news of breaking camp or up two weeks into the season type of deal? Every there, league, every league you're open to doing it.
1: Yeah. Okay.
0: Because the the talent is just so extreme. With mm-hmm. really I mean, league. I
1: think ten teams it becomes really hard, especially if you have shallow benches. Sure. Um, but anything twelve or, or larger, I think I'm willing to do.
0: Okay. I I don't think that's completely willing.
1: No, I've only gotten him like twice. Okay. So, so it's not like you're overstocked on that's him. eleven
0: leagues, I think. And you got him yesterday, right? In town? I did. That was the second time. Yeah. Okay. I mean, man, I look at 18% K, 14% walk in that double-A sample, and it was seven homers and 16 steals and 206 plate appearances. I understand the excitement. That was not just a double-A, though. He hasn't hit triple-A. So be careful with Rodriguez, but I understand the the, the reasons for extreme excitement.
1: I'm not um, going to push him up a ton. So, like, for instance, like yesterday, someone threw him out. Uh, CJ, uh, um, the Siege, um, threw him out for a dollar, and I went two. And, and I got him at two. Yeah. yeah. Like, I'm not going to, like, in an auction, take him at 10 or $15. I'm not going to bump him up into the top $200. he has got but, a lottery ticket price for you to go in on Julio Rodriguez. He's an amazing lottery ticket.
0: Yeah,
1: yeah, because he can deliver
0: everything. And mm-hmm. it, it could be five category piece. yeah um Andrew Vaughn did not pop off in his rookie year but I look at the season as a success holding your own while changing positions dealing with injury um it was a it was a modest output 235 309 396 with 15 homers I'm not here to suggest that it was amazing but I'm okay with that Problem was, though, it was a heavy platoon season with a lot of bad work against righties. 610 OPS against righties, 938 against lefties. That could put Vaughn on the wrong side of a platoon. And they do have some guys that can platoon with him, namely my boy Gavin Sheets. Yeah. So there is some risk there. Andrew Vaughn, though, I think that it, it is covered in the price, though. He's only 264, the 70th outfielder. So I think a lot of his concerns are covered with the price. Is Andrew Vaughn somebody that you're buying in on this year?
1: No, is it? I just don't know Andy? where he plays. Okay,
0: uh, the outfield is still in play for him. I know it's not like a wide open path, but like, and I even like Adam Engel. I think twenty twenty three is next year. Next year is the, yeah. the year to get Vaughn. Okay,
1: next year, these. I think he's going to disappoint this year. Jose Abreu is a free agent after the season. Vaughn gets to go play first mm-hmm. and he has a breakout year. But I, I I'm can, not I can totally envision that. Yeah, I'm not I'm not doing it this year.
0: That's yeah, that's not even hard to really
1: he's the see, one that I that I, that I, I, I would not take Kirill off over. Okay. Yeah, oh yeah, we were we were
0: waiting to hear about that guy because Riley Green, we would now Riley Green, mm-hmm. also somebody who's getting that, you know, could he break camp type of buzz because of this new program with the incentives for teams, the tigers are on the cusp feeling like they're making moves that are set for this year with hobby bias and Eduardo Rodriguez and Michael Pineda for some depth. And, you know, so Torkelson and green could be up pretty quickly. Torkels are a uh, green green's really interesting. I mean, Torkelson is too, but green had an excellent season last year, double and triple a uh, with, with 24 homers, uh, 16 steals, hit 300. There was a lot of strikeouts though. He did have a 27% strikeout rate at those two levels. And I always kind of envisioned him as more of a contact guy because he gets a lot of hit tool praise. But is there a little bit of concern about the strikeout rate of, of Riley green and how soon do you expect him up? Two questions there.
1: I expect him up very, very soon, maybe not opening day, but pretty close after that. Um, it'd be interesting. Cause I mean, you know, that uh, I'm racking my, head around that um rookie of the year voting i wonder if teams will be less likely to bring up two guys at once like torkelson and yeah i think they bring up one or the other um and like bobby witt and nick prado yeah one or the other whereas originally you know teams like to kind of promote guys together um Mm -hmm. so i thought that maybe they would come up together but that's that's really interesting um if they do decide to just bring one, I think it's Torkelson. It's not Bob or it's not uh I, Riley I Green. That. And I think while um he's going to develop into a really, really good player eventually, I think there is definitely some risk with that strikeout rate. Uh, I think he's probably like a two fifty hitter out of the gate. Um, with power and some speed, not as much speed, maybe as he showed in the minor leagues. <laughs> I think he's probably more of a five stolen base guy. Um Five, you know maybe 10 if they really let him run on the base pass. so mm-hmm. um but i think he's gonna be really talented um, i'm not like i'm not like overly worried the strikeouts are gonna like send him back to the minors strikeouts yeah, are yeah, a yeah, lot yeah. more widely accepted now than they used to be yeah so. yeah it'd
0: be more of like maybe the Ryan Green's batting average isn't quite that hot day
1: one no I, I don't think it will be i think he is probably like a 240 kind okay. of okay Guy. but
0: with, with some power and some chips on a quality yeah. team uh, mm-hmm. it's called the prospect promotion incentive draft uh, and you get selections uh, that will be made available to clubs that place top prospects on opening day rosters if an eligible prospect is promoted the major league roster receives a full year of service time and receives quote-unquote sufficient awards consideration in any season before he qualifies for arbitration the team will receive a ppi selection in one or both of the draft and the international draft if implemented The international draft is the thing to be implemented in in, in that sentence there. So what's sufficient awards consideration? I don't know. But you damn well better believe that if Torkelson comes up, wins uh, or finishes second in, in Rookie of the Year, I think that would be enough. But we don't know exactly what that is. There is at least a carrot out there to get your best guys up now as opposed to the strong incentive to not do it for so many years because you could get that extra service time. So we'll see. We'll see how it
1: goes for There's somebody like a little incentive here. too for the Cubs to sign Suzuki, right? Because I mean, he's clearly like one of the guys who has a you know he's like an automatic like, rookie. Of yeah, the year. yeah. I mean, always like these uh, you know Japanese or Korean players that come over that uh, like are just already you know, finished products. Like they've just got the the head start. Yeah, um, it's it's so
0: pretty unfair. But hey, if the Cubs super unfair, unfair if but that's why they did it? I love that signing.
1: They, yeah, that I mean, they we, don't, we don't we don't count. We don't count Suzuki uh, Ichiro Suzuki's hits um, in yeah. Japan, even though he should be the all-time hit leader. That, that's um, true. So then he gets to be rookie so, of the year. You got to do one or the other. Yeah, you you get one or the other. You can't say are you can't say oh no, you don't count the Japanese hits, but he doesn't get rookie of the year. No, I he gets know. rookie of the year. It does have to be one or the other. I I'd rather around. him give back rookie of the year and, and get, get all the all-time hits. Hit I totally agree with that.
0: Uh, mid-round speed potential. You know, this is this is where you're going to be looking if you really do uh, wind up passing straw, and you don't get some of the early speed there, these guys could be pivotal for you. And they come with warts. so we're going to talk about them. Adelise Garcia, Harrison Bader, Ramon Laureano, Ro- uh, Robbie Grossman, Lane Thomas, Josh Rojas, Ian Happ, who is slated to miss some time. You hit us with that tip last uh, last podcast. Rymel Tapia and Garrett Hampson, and then Manny Margot. Let's start with Adelise Garcia. And I'm just going to ask, man, is maybe the hate gone too far on him? I feel like the market has not overvalued him i was concerned that he would be overpriced i think 171 and outfielder 43 for the season he put up even acknowledging how you know the the latter half was not good but i don't know he's going to play most days he's a really really sharp defender he went 31 16 with 90 ribbies 77 runs and a 243 average i get the risks i was out on Adelise garcia like instantly last year waiting for it to fall and he, he took a while to really come back to earth but is the hate too far for the 17th rated outfielder from 2021?
1: Yes and no. Okay. Um, he's a legit 2020 candidate. Well, that's great then. But he's also a legit like hit 200 candidate. Yeah, I know. <laughs> and so we've talked about like with guys like Gallo and Matt Chapman, like how much you have to roster for a full-time player. And like I said, the defense is good. So I think he's still a full-time player. hmm To get a guy who's gonna get 600 plate appearances at a 200 batting average, you have to roster two guys who are like 280 and above to offset that. Um, that being said, I'm not like not like 2020 is still valuable even with that 200 batting average. Um, so he's the perfect kind of guy that falls into my punt batting average strategy. Um, so in a standalone league, uh, I haven't drafted him. The profile's so scary. I haven't um, either.
0: It, it, it's sub three hundred OBP again. We're talking two eighty six with that Like I get the reasons, but I am surprised that the market is like universally. We are all on this. Like this guy's not that good. But man, that speed!
1: Like <laughs> he's gonna steal. And I mean, I mean, even when he hit two eleven in the second half, he still had nine home runs. And he, hit, and he and he hit two twelve in September and still
0: stole seven bases with a two forty two OBP. Yeah. So like, <laughs> here's the crazy thing about Adelise Garcia's steals: five in May, seven in October and or in September, and then one every other month.
1: Somebody threw him out for three dollars in Tout, and now Tout is on Bears percentage. Yeah, and I said forty five cents. Like, I get it, especially
0: with the LBP component. And th- there is risk. You know, you talk about not wanting to draft guys who can get DFA'd. He could be dfa Like, he yes. realistically could be dfa He is a true center fielder, and the defense does help Adelis Garcia. But the the bat is scary. So I'm with you. And the reason I don't think I ever get him is because I just as soon take, uh, take my other guy here,
1: uh, Harrison Vader. He's the, uh, I was going to say, he's just the definition of a good fantasy player and bad baseball player. That's
0: true. That's actually a great way to put it w- with Adeliz Garcia. And where did I say he was going? Um, 177. I get Bader cheaper. And so I just end up taking Bader. He had some big strikeout gains last year that I, I think have some viability. Um, I think there's real breakout potential with Harrison Bader. But even if I just kind of get good, you know, solid power and speed again, he's a premium center fielder. So he plays every day. I will gladly take that, but I think there's more than than just what we got last year. But it was 16 and nine with a 267 average in 103 games. So if he stays healthy, too,
1: his defense is so good, he should play, right? I you know, I've gone back and forth on him all throughout draft season. I know you're a big proponent. Um, I was listening to again rates and barrels. I uh, was when I was driving down to the Barf League, trying to see like who does Eno like in the outfield. Um, and he was telling him that he had talked to two professional scouts that said that Bader is not going to hit enough to stay in the majors or something something along those lines. Who's um, that? Two professional scouts.
0: When did they say that? Recently. Okay.
1: Um, that scares me. Yeah, and it scares like... me. It scared me off of him. He went for a dollar yesterday in in tout, which is insane. That he should not go for a dollar. No love. Wow. wow. Um, it was the end game. A lot of really cheap out. A lot of outfielders went really, really cheap because people yeah. just forget their money. Um, we got to dollar days, and some people still had like eight spots on their roster. Um. So that being said, um, I don't know what to do with Bader, and because I don't know what to do with him, I'm not drafting him.
0: Man, like, I just feel like the risk is covered in the price.
1: It is. I, def- it I definitely think that is. Bader
0: is a guy where the risk is covered in the price. He's a 58th outfielder, 225 average. I think there's even surplus there. Like, that's why I like him so much is because I think that he is so well priced. I don't know, man. I, I don't think I agree that, you know, he can't hang. He's got 1,451 point appearances as a, as a regular, as a, regular, as a uh, uh, league average batter. He's a 99 WRC plus in that time. I don't think that we're dealing with somebody who's like so fringe that he could and he's going the right way too, right? He improved last year, cut the strikeout rate down to 21%. Um, his stri- his swing strike rate always hinted that maybe the 30 plus percent strikeout rate was not quite who he was. I don't know. I think there's a lot to Vader that I really like at age 28. I think he can be 20, 20, and 12, and I'll, I'll take him all day. Mm. Uh, what about Ramon Laureano? He's going to miss time still because he's still serving his PED suspension. And so you have to factor that in. And when you talk about NFBC, where you just have to put him on, on the bench for, I believe, the first three weeks, uh, I'm going to get a confirmation on that. But are you open to taking Ramon Laureano? And a b- bonus question, do you think he gets traded before the season starts since uh, Houston, uh, Oakland's getting rid of everything?
1: Uh, I think he does get traded. Yeah. Um... 27 uh, games by
0: the way so basically the first month
1: I think I think they I think teams are just waiting for for Conforto and fan to go and and then maybe or maybe he's part of a Manaya deal or yeah, depending deal. on how big it is yep you know they do want to just shed money so uh maybe they just decide that they're gonna you know pair him um which you know then it depends on kind of where he lands but I think if you're if you're going for Loreto you're doing it because you want his speed as part of his game too um yeah, you just got to figure out what to do. I think if you take a guy like Loriano, it becomes harder to take a guy like Julio Rodriguez, right? Because if Rodriguez does go down to the minor leagues to start season, now you've got two guys who are outfielders who aren't on your roster for the first few weeks of the season. Um, so he is a gamble worth taking alone, not with other gambles.
0: Okay, I think that's fair. Yeah, because you're guaranteed to miss a month on Oriano you don't want mm-hmm. to, to pile on extra issues with that that's fair what's Robbie Grossman do for a follow up you know I, I obviously watched him damn near every day for my tigers and he had a hell of a season going 23 20 hit 239 by the 357 obp gets on base scored 88 runs 67 ribbies are, are are the steals legit does he continue to run at this kind of clip um because the tigers seem to be very comfortable with letting him letting him do his thing and he was great atop the lineup. Are you buying in on Robbie Grossman in year two with the Tigers?
1: I am, and I don't understand why everybody else isn't. Like, I don't I can't remember a tw- a guy going 2020 then being drafted this low. It, right? It does seem wild. And he's right? leading off. Like, yeah. and that's not gonna change. Like Torkels is not leading off. Riley Green is no. not leading off. No. Like, he's the leadoff guy. At um, worst, he's too. Yeah, at work. Like I, I don't think like if they put Badu atop
0: against righties, I don't think it moves Grossman down to like six no. or anything. No, I, but I don't even think that. I think he, I think he leads off against righties and
1: lefties. Like, how is he getting this boring moniker too? Like he's he went twenty twenty. How is he boring? <laughs> I don't know, man. There, there is not a lot of love like for Robbie people Grossman. Hate Randy Rosarena after his twenty twenty season, but people are bearing Robbie Grossman after a 2020 season, and it it's makes because no- he's 32. And 2020 is so valuable, and yeah, it wasn't he was- like he hit 220. He hit 239. That's fine. Whatever.
0: 88 he runs didn't. is solid too. 67 ribbies. He was the he was the 25th outfielder last year, and he goes as the 46th. Yeah. Like, damn near two. You know. You know, almost double where where he ranked last year is where he's going. Um, I, I, agree. I think it's a nice little bastion of speed too. Even if it comes down to say like 13, 15 area, I think mm-hmm. he can hit another 20 homers. I think the runs go up. If he doesn't bat lead off, then he probably get about two or three or probably two. And then the RBIs might go up a little bit more, but I don't even care about that. I I'll take what I got last year on all those categories. Even if the runs, even if the homers and steals each come down a little handful at, at outfield, they're 46. I'm fine with that with Robbie Grossman.
1: So I mean, it's crazy that in this tier, you can build a team with two 2020 guys this late. It really Adoles is Garcia. And I mean, I don't think you want to, but you can't,
0: but you, then that's, you know, you can get some speed there. There's some warts on this speed. that's what I'm, that's what I'm admitting here. Mm-hmm. But uh, there, there's some decent guys out there. Uh, my boy Lane Thomas has been in the, uh, the Twitter chatter lately for a negative reason. He's getting pushed down with uh, Cesar Hernandez looking like he's going to lead off. Um, now, I understand that, generally speaking, but I wonder how much uh, he'll get to continue to lead off if he doesn't improve the three hundred eight OBP. Cesar Hernandez used to be an OBP guy; uh, that was like one of his calling cards was double-digit walk rates that kept his OBP really strong. But it was three hundred eight last year despite a 9% walk rate. Maybe maybe they're betting on the Babbit getting back on track. It was 266 last year, and that's why they think he can lead off. So that's fine. It puts Lane Thomas more in like the 5 or 6 range, which does not kill things for me. I'm still perfectly happy to take him. This is the guy that I've been very in on, and I do think that there is breakout potential. Um, it doesn't have to happen leading off. Like that'd be great. Obviously, mm-hmm. you love when guys are leading off, but he was awesome in the sample with Washington, seven homers, four steals, and two hundred and six plate appearances with a 270 average. He wasn't very good against righties or hasn't been in the majors yet. It's a pretty small sample to say that he can't hit righties, though. Uh, I'm I'm less inclined to go to be that strident about it based on 251 plate appearances. I like Lane Thomas and I just think he can be. Uh, like a, a 15 20 kind of guy.
1: Yeah, I agree. I, I think it's a bummer that he um, is not going to lead off or at least not initially, but I mean, just because they say they want Cesar Hernandez to lead off doesn't mean he will lead off the entire season. Yeah, exactly.
0: Um, and and I, I think that that will change if he, if he maintains a 308 OBP and doesn't, and doesn't get that back up. Uh, all right. Next up is Josh Rojas. Now, I've liked Rojas and I liked him last year. I found myself this winter kind of cooling on him. And I wonder if maybe I need to to get back in, you know, he went 11 and nine last year in 550 plate appearances. And, you know, he had a few spikes, but overall it wasn't that great. Uh, He's 28. So it's not like there's a, it's not a massive growth profile from, uh, from some young guy was perfectly solid against righties and lefties. So there wasn't a massive platoon, but he wasn't, he was worse against righties and he's, a lefty hitter. So is there maybe some improvement potential there with a 744 OPS? It had a 335 35 So I don't know exactly why he wasn't very good against righties. I'm looking at the strikeout right here. It was 24%. So I don't know. Can he be more than, than the 11 and nine that, that he had last year?
1: I definitely think he can, but I'm very concerned. He won't. Um, I know you've been in on him too. So where do you
0: currently stand?
1: Are we both peeling back? I, I'm definitely peeling back. I mean, the StatCast profile is really, really ugly. Now, you can blame that some on injury, right? Like, you can go, mm-hmm. oh, you know, he wasn't able to, you know, unlock as much power because of uh, the injuries he he's suffered. But I don't think you can completely do that. I think it's hard to know what he is, and it's not a great park to hit in. It's not going to be a good lineup. Um, I, I like the idea of robots more than the numbers should uh, and so I've tried to peel back and take that bias out because I think what I like is is bias. Yeah, I, I think so too, because like positional flexibility.
0: And I think I projected a little bit more on him than,
1: than he should. Just too many other guys going around or behind him that have way better profiles. Yep. Yep.
0: Uh, all right. So that's Josh Rojas in Arizona. Ian Hap, as you mentioned, had an elbow, low, low elbow procedure that is going to keep him out uh, into the season a little bit.
1: How much did you move him down based off that? Was it elbow? I thought it was a knee scope. Hmm. No, elbow was an elbow. Was it just a scope though. Right.
0: Yeah. Cleanup procedure and right elbow in February. Okay. Took so live I, batting practice. Yeah. Right I'm not, I'm easily. not
1: super worried about that. Um, okay. Uh, I, I love you Happ, and happen. If this, this d- drops his price, I'm totally fine. I, I mean, he may not be ready for the start of the season, but I think he's gonna be ready shortly after that. Uh, that Cubs lineup weirdly got better. Uh they, <laughs> even though we didn't expect right? it to uh I don't think Suzuki I think he's the one guy that Suzuki uh Suzuki does not threaten playing time because he's he's center and um uh and kind of their leadoff guy. So I love Ian Hap.
0: Yeah, I, I like Ian Hap too. If this lowers the price, but even if it doesn't lower it that much, I'm not too worried about pick 198 missing maybe a, like a week. Um, I can live with yeah. that. Tapia or Hampson, who you take in, in Colorado if you need some speed. You still in on Hampson? Neither. Okay. Oh, wow. Good. You're finally out on Hampson. But you're not on in this guy. You like man I think Marco. Bryant
1: yeah. killed them. Like, if, if Bryant yeah. doesn't go there, um then I think both probably have a role of some sort. Maybe not a full time role, but I think Bryant, because now it's Tapia, Hampson, Hilliard, Joe, um Joe for four spots. And I don't know that I want to play around with any of them. You know, I, I'll take Joe late, maybe. Yeah. But um, I think there's just going to be too much mixing and matching and not mm-hmm. enough you know uh of garrett hampson time so uh, i totally totally agree with that and like hampson's just
0: such a bad hitter too uh your boy manny margot is still just 27 he went 10 and 13 last year in 464 plate appearances he doesn't get full-time burn though in uh in tampa bay if they don't move him I mean, you, you can pay for this, but it's not an everyday player. How do you still mm-hmm. feel about Margot? He used to be one of your big guys. Is he still somebody that you like?
1: I, I mean, I like the talent, but I, I want a different situation. If he were traded, I'd be all in. But uh, I just I don't see the path to playing time as the team is currently constructed. Yeah, that, and that's the scary part there. Um,
0: and I think Kiermaier is more likely to be traded. I don't know. It doesn't necessarily free up.
1: Everybody Margot says that, 100%. but nobody wants that Kiermaier contract.
0: They can figure it out. We'll see. I, I don't know that it's guaranteed to happen. I I, I just think that that's. Who more would you likely... rather
1: have Kiermaier or Tommy Pham? Like in from a general baseball perspective, not from a fantasy perspective. You're an MLBT. team. You want Kiermaier over Pham? Yeah, yeah.
0: Okay. I, and I wonder if I can work with Tampa Bay to. I'll take the deal. I'll take the money. Give me a better prospect. You know, give me something with it. They've got a lot of pieces. There's an alluring piece I can get with Kiermaier to kind of take him on, like the Suarez Winker deal type of deal. Okay. something like that um all right we we got a few more tiers here we got to go quicker we have done well for the two hours but we don't want to be another full hour so mm-hmm. solid veterans here um you're just going to kind of highlight some of your faves or or if you have like negative points that have made you off of these guys you can mention those too. but charlie blackman aj pollock michael brantley anthony santander mark canha will myers enrique hernandez who you had some good tidbits about earlier mike yastrzemski and jeff mcneil what do you what do you got here who's your guys
1: uh, I think Blackman, I think the hate may be going a little bit too far on him. Mm-hmm. Um, at worst, he's going to be a batting average asset. Um, not much different than Michael Brantley, who I like here, too. Um, yep. So uh, I like both of them. Uh, Santander, um, I've, I've always just really, really liked. I'm hoping that he can uh, kind of, uh, you know, rebound after a, a injury uh, kind of plague season.
0: Yeah, um, he's got real
1: I'm pop. A, I'm a little down on AJ Pollock after the freddie freeman signing because he needs the dh to help keep him healthy i think the the dodgers are going to do a really really good job from a baseball perspective of limiting mm. his time in the outfield or on the field in general to keep him healthy which is great for them because they'll be around for the playoffs but i think it's Bad really hard us. to see 130 plus games yep
0: for, no, for i think him. that's totally fair on aj pollock that you know, there's just going to be some missed time because they care about freshness. They don't care about volume. You're right. They Mm -hmm. want him there in October when they need his hits the most. Yeah. Um, My boy, Mike Estremski here, He's he's on your favorite team. I think he's one of the guys that doesn't have to be platooned. He kind of fell off a little bit last year. I'm looking at a 254 Babip and I'm feeling like that's a big culprit. Can you confirm or deny that based on what you watch day to day with that ball club? It, it was is it as simple as that? I, I'm always careful not to just go Babip and say, you know, he's he was unlucky, but 254 for a guy who was 325 and 370 his first two years, he strikes the ball well. I don't see a big strikeout jump last year. What happened with Mike Yastrzemski's Babip last year?
1: Um, I mean, yeah, definitely, especially against lefties, his babip was really brought down. I think uh he had uh a 218 Babip against lefties, Oof. um, which is one of the reasons why he struggled so mightily against lefties. Uh, so is he a bigger BABIP.
0: platoon threat than I'm letting on, perhaps?
1: Um, they can't platoon everybody. That's what I'm saying. And I, I thought he was safe, yeah. but I did not realize that he kind of fell off the map against I think he could year. be, definitely. It depends on like. Are they willing to run out some of the guys uh, in the outfield? Like because they really platoon mostly in the infield. Correct. Um, and he was
0: Ustremsky was a strength against lefties. His first two mm-hmm. uh, uh, samples because you know 2020 is not a season, but uh, 89 plate appearances in 2019, 943 OPS, 78 plate appearances in 20, 997 OPS. So he jumps all the way down to 513 with a 218 BABIP. I wonder if that was you know he. Got really unlucky on balls in play. I don't know. I still like Yazdo, and I think everything's baked into the price in terms of the risk. Like, mm-hmm. if he does miss some time, he's the 78th outfielder picked. two. You just drop
1: him and you move on. Yeah. So like, you can move on. I, I wonder how much the injuries, because I mean, he was nicked up quite a bit That's last week, right. too. Like, how much does that weigh into this? Like, because um, he shouldn't have been that bad. Um, he also could just turn back into the pumpkin he was prior to Rick. He could. Up, so, I don't think he will. I, I don't think and, he will
0: last year season alone just the, the the 25-4 with a 224 average and 70 something runs and ribbies that put him 46th so yeah. he's the 70th outfielder or 78th outfielder I, i've been
1: feeding him just because i really don't want any giants offensive player i i don't think that's unfair yeah. uh, jeff mcneil i'm out on they are going to play
0: him a lot though the, the buck has suggested that second base is basically his job does that change your tenor on mcneil at all i don't think he's good Exactly. I don't either. Sorry, Alex. Close your ears. Alex Chamberlain. Uh, Platoon types. Again, maybe I should have put Yastrzemski here, but I think he has a chance to avoid it if he gets better uh, on that bat against lefties. But uh, Andrew McCutcheon in Milwaukee, Lamont Wade Jr. in San Francisco, Max Kepler in Minnesota, Tyler Naquin in Cincinnati, Brad Miller in Texas. Now these guys aren't all necessarily platooned, but they have platoon issues. That's the reason I, I grouped them here. Who stands out as a favorite for you here?
1: Uh, I love Max Kepler. And I knew I you were going to take love, the guy. Uh I love Andrew McCutcheon. Yeah. Um, so, and yes, they, they made Platoon. I think Kepler, I mean, Rooker is pretty good against lefties so maybe Kepler he, does this he he but needs Kepler's to miss so some. good defensively and I do that feel really like helps there is a breakout breakout I season agree, coming dude, at I some agree. point for Kepler I look at these numbers
0: like yeah. he makes so much contact but his BABIPs freaking suck every year mm-hmm. and at some point you can't just say that he's going to improve it cuz he clearly does something that hinders it part of it is is that he lives in the air more than the ground for mm-hmm. Kepler but I'm like I'm with you like there and yeah he hit 36 homers in 2019 people would say that's the breakout I feel like there's like a 30-20 like mega season somewhere, but it does require an adjustment. He's 29. I'm not drafting him expecting that, but I think a Max Kepler superstar season could really happen. I agree with you. And McCutcheon, yeah. um, how concerned are you about what he did against righties? That they don't have an obvious platoon partner for him in the outfield. Um, so do you think he can improve against righties at the advanced age, or is well, he right just now going he's
1: at the age is oh, where we have the Um uh, I don't know that he's going to improve a ton, but I think considering the, I mean, he's an injury risk, but there's a lot of injury risk on this team.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And they don't have enough depth to just like not play him. I guess right. If- yeah. Or just in general. <laughs> I, mean, well, you know, I think against
0: lefties, he's guaranteed yeah. to play because McCutcheon yeah. crushed lefties, but he had a 217 babbit and led to a 186 average against righties. I'd have to dig in further to see how much of that might have been some bad luck. But if he can get back into the 700s with his OPS against righties, I think they'll play him. And that volume is key to go with what he does against lefties to give mm-hmm. McCutcheon a good season. Here's the bottom line it's all baked into the price. Yep. And again, like I think that's an important point to make. I know some people don't like that phrase for some reason. I don't. Really understand why but i do think that when the risks are covered in the price you don't have to be as afraid of them they're, mm-hmm. they're, that's why that's because he's that's easily why. dropped if it's just yeah. not working yeah yeah you just move on uh does lamont wade juniors breakout look sustainable to you even in a platoon role
1: yes but i don't want a platoon here. i know you don't want yeah. you don't
0: want the, the giants uh, but, right, I, but i, you, I do but think you do he, made some, the
1: he made some real changes the giants have some of the best hitting coaches in the business um, and uh, I do think that it's sustainable. I don't necessarily want to draft it.
0: Is Brad Miller a sneaky play in Texas with the uh, with the third base job? You know, strong side platoon he could have. He had 20 homers last year, he's a batting average, uh, risk 227, sure, but 20 homers, three steals, and like 50 50 on the runs and ribbies, maybe even a little bit more if he plays more. That was only in 30, 377 plate appearances. What do you think of Brad Miller in Texas? Uh,
1: they also signed Matt Carpenter. Um, oh. To a, like a non-roster invite? Yeah, but it's like two million dollars if he makes a team. Okay. okay. So like it's well, it's a it's a real really offer.
0: anymore. I mean, where Miller, else are you gonna no? play? Uh, DH, which might hurt our boy Willie Calhoun, who we're gonna talk about maybe eventually. Um I think he bounces yeah, I th- around
1: I, think, I think Miller is pretty uh pretty interesting. I think he and I think he's overlooked guy. because yeah. Um I don't know that he ends up on a lot of my teams, but yeah,
0: it's fine. Late round breakout potential. You're going to pick three favorites because it's a big group. Josh Lowe, w- Vidal Brujan, Victor Robles, Nick Senzel, Kyle Lewis, Brandon Marsh, Willie Calhoun, Rafael Ortega, Seth Brown, and Jake Fraley. Give me your three faves.
1: Um, ooh. Uh, I mean, Bradley Zimmer, obviously.
0: Bradley Zimmer's not in this group.
1: Oh, I'm sorry. I thought – Long oh, shot you, breakouts. were in the late oh, long round shot. breakout I'm, 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 I'm Okay. Um. Uh, Victor Robles, Brandon Marsh, and uh, nope. Willie Calhoun. I was like, that's our my boy. boy. Man. I'm just going to go with my boys. Uh, Robles, I think he's going to win that center field job. Um, Yes, he will bat at the bottom of the lineup, but you cannot sweat a guy who's got 30, you know, uh, base stolen or stolen base potential. I just, yep. you know, he, the price, I, I spent $21 on him in, uh in tout last year and he went in the reserve rounds
0: <laughs> yeah the price has or non-victor yeah. robles so, people have given up yeah, I, I will too. I, I like, I like the ones that you mentioned there. I love Jake Fraley moving to Cincinnati. I think there's a massive upside here uh, to where he could even be like a 15, 20 type of guy mm-hmm. playing at least strong side, if not mixing in against lefties as well. Seth Brown, I think has 30 Homer upside. I think his batting average, it will not be good, but I don't think it's necessarily low two hundreds when he plays every day and kind of gets in more of a rhythm. He can hit like two thirty, and with that kind of pop, that'd be great. I'm with you. I have trouble quitting Robles. But for my other guy, I'll say Nick Senzel. I love Bruhan and Low, and Low. But with Margot and Kiermaier there, they just—they're too cluttered. Right, now. one of them has to move to really push me to get back in on on yes. Low and Bruhan in all my drafts. I took Low. I've taken them in draft and hold because that's 50 rounds. Mm-hmm. But we're coming up on our. Oh, I got my OC tomorrow, and then I got my main. I'm not taking Bruhan and Low in those type yeah. of rounds right now.
1: Um, I I just real quick on Brandon Marsh. uh, The Angels think so highly of his defense that they were talking to trout about moving off of center field. I think Marsh is an everyday player.
0: Wow. So in the end, they decided not to, but that was a consideration. Trout
1: decided he was not going to. Well, yeah, that's what I'm saying. Yeah, yeah, (laughs) he decided not to. He decided that he is not ready to do that. But but there was enough chatter there. I think Marsh's role is safer than Adele's. Agreed. Good call. I like that. Brandon Marsh.
0: Uh, usable veterans, Lorenzo Cain, Yoshi Sitsugo, Josh Harrison, Randall Grichuk, David Peralta, Dominic
1: Smith, Odubo Herrera, and Cole Calhoun.
0: Who's your favorite there?
1: Um, I think it's Sugo. Yep, um, I love Susugo. and I think you can throw Lorenzo Cain in that too. Um, but I, uh, yeah, Susugo first base outfield eligible. He's going to play every day, I think. Um, and he made some real gains in Pittsburgh. Uh, not something we say every day, but uh he's gonna hit a high <laughs> up in that lineup. <laughs> um Roasted. so uh I like Suzugo a lot. Yeah, I, I do too. I'm very big on
0: Suzugo. you know, scumbucket, uh abuser, at least that's you know what he was arrested for but Odubel Herrera, but they signed him, they're gonna play him every day. Again, if you have if you have Unreal. a standing uh policy where you do not take pieces of shit like that, totally get it. But if you're more of like, I just need numbers. Listen, I I work
1: with you, so I'm okay. Exactly, hang out with awful people. Yeah, Yeah. Yeah. Um, but I I just yeah, you're against him from a skill standpoint. I don't, yeah, I don't think he's that great anymore. So I mean, I know he's going to play, or not every day. I don't think he's going to play every day. I think he's going to play regularly. Um, but I just don't care that much. Yeah, I mean, but hey, he was a six ninth outfielder last year with thirteen and six.
0: It is nice and. I'm just pointing it out. I'm just yeah. covering my bases, pointing out. He's the 143rd outfielder off the board.
1: Yeah, I mean, he's free. Yeah, like, yeah like
0: That's not really costing you much. Uh, long shot breakouts. Bradley Zimmer, Jorge Mateo, Sam Hilliard, Chaz McCormick, Michael A. Taylor, Stephen Kwan, Pevin Smith, Tony Kemp, Chad Pinder, Josh Naylor, Anthony Alford, Trevor Larnach. We know you love Bradley Zimmer. That's covered. Mm-hmm. There is speed there. He's, he's a risk to hit my weight, but the power and speed is there. Give us some non-Bradley Zimmer guys you like from this group.
1: Um, Stephen Kwan at some point will be up, uh, maybe up early, them, um,
0: right? And then cover Bradley's yeah. bad batting average.
1: Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, the stat cast, the Statcast data apparently from the minor league, someone who's shown me some some numbers on him are, are pretty impressive. So, um, on Kwan, yeah, on Kwan. So, okay. uh, I think maybe he he outperforms what some of the projections have him for. So, okay. um, I like Trevor Larnac, I just don't know where he plays. Yeah, it's become cluttered there a little bit. Um, yeah. Uh so I think he probably goes down to the minors. Sam Hilliard reworked his swing in the offseason. Well, and if it I've not seen it yet. Yeah. Yeah. Um, we don't so know. I do not know, but he's a guy to watch what his strikeout or strikeout and walk rates are in the in spring training. Yep. And where he's hitting in the lineup. Agreed. Um, because he could be the opening day center fielder. Yep.
0: I totally agree with that. You know. Um and he's shown power and speed, just an mm-hmm. impossible uh inability to make contact has been yes. an issue for him. But, uh, but if, if he reworked, can if
1: he can, yeah, if 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 the new swing, um, which the idea was to shorten the motion uh in order to give him uh the ability to hit the high fastball, um if that if that's a thing, then Sam Hilliard's season might finally be upon Yeah, probably could, not, could, but
0: could be a game changer, probably not, but it, it's at least possible. I would say Michael A. Taylor is somebody to be interested in. They, they signed him to the two-year deal. They really love his defense. He went 12-14 and 14 last year. It's boring, and he had, he's another sub-300 OBP guy. But if you need some of that late speed, you can plug him in and even get a little bit of punch with it. You guys know I like Paven Smith. I'm kind of betting on the hit tool there. Uh, the freaking Tony Kemp is still a conundrum to me. I can't get over how sick the plate skills were, but how utterly – negligent uh the power was with three barrels he hit eight homers but like the power metrics just aren't there so i'm torn on him because usually somebody walking more than they strike out i'm like that's sick but i don't know man is he gonna hit two homers with like 14 steals or something i don't know but tony kemp is definitely somebody that in those late rounds I'm, i am open to mm-hmm. uh to at least considering and then chad pinder if swipe right plays every day um he crushes the ball he's the opposite of tony kemp he smacks the piss out of it he does need to kind of figure out something against righties to sustain him yeah i think he's, he's one of those guys
1: everyday, i think he's one of those guys like james mccann like if he plays every day he's gonna get exposed more um maybe yeah i'm
0: i mean uh, he i'm here many, how it's more free again it's exposed? yeah
1: i mean here He's it's a
0: 681 like, against righties so far. It was really disastrous last year uh, at 550. That's untenable for Chad Pinder. I totally agree there. But he does he does club the ball. Like he has good mm-hmm. power metrics that suggest maybe there's something there. So if there's playing time, that's, that's where the interest comes from. Prospect corner. Alec Thomas in Arizona. Brennan Davis for the Cubs. Nick Gordon for the Twins. Christian Pache for the A's. Jaron Duran for the Red Sox. Kyle Isbell and Edward Olivares for the Royals. Alec Thomas is my favorite in Arizona. I really, mm-hmm. I'm not hearing enough buzz on him, and frankly, I like that because then that means we can get him. But uh, there may be, there probably should be more buzz on Alec Thomas. He's a non-roster invite to the to spring, big time prospect. Double uh, A, AA, Triple A season last year went really, really well. Power with with some speed component. I mean, he can run. I really like Alec Thomas, and if the playing time is there this year, that's that's the question, of course. But w- if and when he's called up. I'm in on alec thomas from day one
1: yeah because i i like a lot of these guys but a lot of them just got blocked nick gordon in minnesota mm-hmm. uh jan duran i think is going to go down to the minors now in boston yep. um kyle isbell i really really like a lot but i think he's probably a bench player too now um so i think alec thomas uh has the clearest path because arizona sucks um <laughs> Uh, I really like Brennan Davis, too, but he just got blocked. Um, yeah. So, uh, yeah, I mean, I'm probably not drafting any of these guys. Maybe the occasional Isbell share. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, but I think all of them are probably waiver wire guys. Brennan Davis could unblock himself pretty quickly with. Yeah, because um, I mean, it's it's guys like Clint Frazier and um, Jason well, Hayward and guys like that. Exactly. And, you know. Patrick Wisdom could play himself out of a role. But Clint good,
0: Frazier is interesting. Yeah, Clint Frazier does have some some intrigue as well. I you foresee. know what the
1: most important part about Clint Frazier going to the Cubs is, right? What What's that? He's allowed to grow a beard. And oh beards can... promote power. Oh, I didn't know there was a direct they one-to-one. Do. There, there is
0: there. a co- correlation. Oh, okay, right? okay. That's yeah.
1: fantastic. Well, g- good to I know. I can't good let the know. beards get too long like Charlie Blackman, and then they sap your power. There's a, a there's cutoff a, point. Yeah, there's a, there, there's a sweet spot. Gotcha. On gotcha. Good,
0: good to, good to know there. I, beard yeah, graphs. This is the kidding.
1: kind of analysis you get two hours and fifteen minutes
0: into a podcast. Exactly. Um, I did like Nick Gore. You know, he he did. He is blocked off from a starting role. I do still think he could, uh, you know, volume his way into a double double if a spot opens. That was back when they had a spot. Now they don't. So he would require something opening for him. Like I don't think it's great. But yeah, maybe a trade or if there's an like injury. a
1: Mania or Montas trade.
0: They're talking to them too. So that, that would open it up. But yeah, keep an eye on Alec Thomas and Brendan Davis with the Diamondbacks and Cubs specifically. Uh, anybody
1: else? And Nick, Larnark and Nick Gordon for Montas. Maybe another. They would have to piece. include a prospect. I mean, and the, the, the last year, Larnark was a top 50 prospect. No, I know. No, no, no I know. He's I know. But,
0: but you know how premium pitching yeah, okay. goes. Throw, so in throw in Jordan Blazovich. St- sure. Think that's, or y'all Yo- and Duran. I think that gets it done. We're making moves here. We're making moves. Uh, you mentioned Clip Frazier, Erstini's Aquino. If he plays, you know, he still has crazy power. I know he's only had that one month. He does have the raw power. Oscar Mercado has some speed. Adam Angle, I know you and Justin, Jason talked about him a couple weeks ago and, and didn't have very many nice things to say. I, I, I kind of like him too. It's it's a little bit Tony Kemp, not not directly in terms of uh how they come up, but how I like the player more than I should just just because I like him. Like I I, I can't really explain like this is why Adam Angles a beast. He's thirty. He hasn't because done shit. He,
1: he could steal twenty five. That's
0: and that's what it is. It's that it's allure deep. of possibly stealing twenty five no with power. double digit power. Now no. he, he he can hit. Then he had a two forty four yeah. ISO last year. One eighty two the year before. You shut your hole. I know there were tiny samples. Anyway, anybody else that you want to get to? Otherwise, we covered Outfield in one episode. No, I've got to pee really bad. Yeah, I have to pee as well. So, (laughs) all right, we're going to wrap it there. We'll be back Tuesday. You and I will be to talk starting pitchers. I'll be back tomorrow on Monday to do a reliever episode by myself. So, Justin, we'll talk in a couple days. Until then, take care. Take it easy.